crisis is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. Of the new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a, a an incredibly difficult end to frankly an awful year and it's important for everybody to act essentially act like they might have the virus and that's the way that we can control it together the way ahead is hard and it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAC, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further, and I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment, for sure. I just say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Boom, boom. Yes, we are live. And uh, God, another stream. I feel like I've been at a gold face nonstop uh, the last few days. But uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, shots heard with uh, Broken Truth. Um, let's just get him in straight away and uh, we'll dive right in. Um, John, can you hear me? What's up? Hey, how's it going, bro? Give me a second. I got to set my camera up. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hear you good. Oh. Um, I didn't know if you were... Uh, massive delay here. ...going undercover now that you've uh, published uh, Shots Heard. So get some anonymity. Let's do this. And do this. So... Um, everything yeah, else let okay? Let me see if you can hear me right. Yes, yes, we can hear you perfectly. And as we crisp have as ever. Major delay here. What, major delay, really? Mm, I don't know. It looks good this end. Yeah. Um, let me restart my system. Can I come back? Can I write back? Sure, sure. Because yeah. I, I mean, we're like about 15 seconds delayed. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so whilst uh, John reboots and um, gets himself right set back. up. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Um, so what's been going on in the last, 
24 hours. Um, there's been a few developments which I want to cover. I, I was going to do it in other streams, of course, but um, apparently there's been a German lab as well confirming the uh, the DNA plasmid contamination again. Um, what this means, I don't know. This is, um, you know, I, I was what oh, looking at Kevin McKernan's thread, and you know, there's this discussion about um, uh, lipopolysaccharide um, entero, not enterotoxin, but uh, the the bacterial um, toxins in there, and is that a worse contaminant to have relative to the plasmid DNA? And I'm just wondering. I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with um, Kev on that particular point that perhaps some of the more immediate reactions were the uh, bacterial toxins from E. coli. Um, who knows what they did with this um, <laughs> process one, process two? Um, they were they were let off the hook to do whatever they wanted, and the. I, I think we're going to be picking up the pieces for a long time, and you know, I just all we can hope now is that as it sort of breached mainstream somewhat that more labs will take a look and that only that means not only for um the lipopolysaccharide um toxin but everything else uh yeah i don't want to be riding my hobby horse all the time but um we need to know about these um prion catalyzing epitopes amyloidogenic catalyzing epitopes and uh, someone's shining the Moderna mRNA punch bowl. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, the the good news is that the uptake seems very, very low. That the stock prices of Pfizer and Moderna have taken a massive hit in the last week or so. But you know, the, as we were discussing, or we've discussed a lot over the weekend, the um, what do they have next lined up for uh, us Untermensch? And it's more than likely to be some some form of uh, like eco real severe economic uh, implosion, sort of Great Depression type thing. As they try to yes, big boy, you just got back inside. Okay, Daddy has to work today, so um, you can watch downstairs. Okay. Uh, okay. Use your computer. Okay. Um, stonks. Yeah. <laughs> um, the and like I say, I don't. I don't know how that looks. I've you know the the science discussion. I think is over, uh, more or less. It's more just seeing where the where the chips fall, as it were, and um, yeah, lead poisoning for many a young lad coming soon. I, I I'm inclined to agree on that. Um, that is the answer. Yes, big boy. I think boy. it's a lot better now. Hang on one second. Uh, sorry, John. Um, say that again. 
I think it's a little bit better now. Okay, cool. Um, now let me. Uh, sorry, sorry for that super long reboot. restart. Mm. Daddy, yes, big boy. Have you? Uh, no, no, it's still messing up. Okay, but Daddy will keep looking. Um. How's it all, big boy? Okay. <laughs> Alright. Um, off to a uh, really, really, really smooth start. What can I say? Uh, top tier production, right. John. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to tell you what was wrong. It wasn't your system. Uh, I was watching it through Rumble. Uh, okay. I just clicked. And so I was listening, listening to the broadcast. Right, right, yeah. Um, that will induce the lag, of course. Look, I, I'm I'm all new at this production thing. <laughs> no. <I don't. laughs> hey, we're live. Yes, we hey, we are live, and uh, yeah, good to see you, bro. And um, too, man, man, uh, you have been um, rattling cages the last few yeah. weeks. Yeah, have I? I don't know. I just uh, for me. I mean, once once you start naming names, and um, I mean, you know, there's the foyer stuff that you've been doing, and now I don't know how you got this list, <laughs> but I was like, I want it. I need to. I need to know who's <laughs> on it. Uh, well, you know, that was um, that was a result of an actually like about a year long investigation that is, is still ongoing. Um. Um, can can you tell us more beyond the superficial there, or um... so? Lo and behold, members of these groups have grown consciences, ah. and um, you know we we espouse uh, an idea that. Uh, Whistleblowers should feel safe and confident coming forward, and we want them to do that. Yeah. So we uh, have have been receiving calls from whistleblowers now, which is pretty cool. Mm -mm -mm. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we don't want to give uh, too much away, but the the list seems quite comprehensive, and the last Girl. one. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Mm -mm. Uh, and you know, I'm, my my mind goes to Jacinda Ardern because that's the most recent manifestation we have of it. But when they're talking about them having new tools of war to wage wage against misinformation, my my mind immediately goes to these types of of groups. Right. Um, we know. We know they were doing this, right? And we know that even sort of military operations were involved mm -hmm. at a yep. broad brush stroke of description. Um, but have you, what feedback have you had? I mean, I've, I've been sort of cheering on and retweeting every, everyone that I see. Um, Thank you. The, um, you know, for the most part, even though I find some of the actions of the people to be despicable, mm. um, 
I do try to leave them a way out. Mm. I mean, because look, I was them. I was them two and a half years ago, mm. three years ago. Uh, I was I was making commercials, encouraging people to wear masks and stay home, and mm-hmm. uh, I wanted lockdowns. Like I was all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was mostly adjacent to my, at least at, at the time I thought it was mostly adjacent to my career. I didn't realize my career was a little bit more mockingbird than I knew. Right. Um, but whatever the case. Uh, I did have associates that were in the medical profession. So I felt a certain affinity for them. And that's part of why I was so, you know, activated in, in the big early days. Um, but I would imagine that for people whose entire identity is wrapped in medicine, especially doctors mm-hmm. and to a greater extent, nurses, um, the idea that their industry is wrong, even though they know it and they experience it every single day. Um, just screw ups and, you know, cover, you know, shit happens. Mm. And, well, uh, iatrogenic is a big, uh, <laughs> a big, yeah, uh, that's a, that's a different shit, but I'm talking about like, you know, in the process of surgeries and, um you're dealing you're not it's not like you're dealing with math when you got your hands up somebody's guts right (laughs) they're screaming and fighting you and you you know what i mean like that's it's a battle with the patient and i i get it but the problem is and and i covered it a little bit in this misers i'm no not with the smizer story in the todd wolin story yesterday um doctors aren't trained about the dark side and that is the dark side, not being trained, not, you know, not knowing about us. They don't know shit about SV40. Um, I spoke to a really great pediatrician this week, and she had no idea about it. She had never heard of it. What's SV40? Really? How does anyone? Yeah. How does no wow. one not know this? I mean, she wasn't like a young pediatrician, like right out of med school, right? She was like a seasoned 50-year-old pediatrician. Um, actually, no, I take it back. I, I talked to a pediatrician and a general practitioner, both about the same age. Neither of them had heard of it. And, and they're on technically, you know, they're not anti-vaxxers. I wouldn't say, um, one, maybe a little more than the other, but regardless of their position on the vax spectrum, neither knew. And I'm pretty confident most of these guys and gals in these groups don't know either. And I don't fault them for that. I fault the medicine uh, industry or the medical education system for several things, actually. One is I fault them for torturing doctors and putting them through absolute hell, Mm. um, forcing, you know, in a lot of ways, doctors to learn how to rig the system so they can get stimulants, so they can pull those 30, 40 hour shifts in the er um excuse me one second go on away uh, sorry it's okay um yeah um giving doctors uh how um yeah no it's a di- it's a difficult job and uh, granted now you need to be able to handle the stress mm. um but it does seem to me that the medicine the system of medical education that we have now is flawed and that it it creates an almost robotic 
uh, response to certain things, especially if you confront a doctor who is supposed to be the expert, whose entire ego is wrapped in this concept of I'm an expert. If you confront them with information very close to their core that they had no idea about. Right. You know, and then and then it's funny. It's like they fell for their own system of brainwashing, which is to lock out changes, right? Like shut down, cover your eyes, ears, don't listen. I mean, that's what Smizer and Public Good Projects espouses too, right? Like they want you to um, be uh, psychologically immune mm -hmm. to persuasion. But in the process of achieving that goal, um, they they've created this echo chamber of, of horseshit yeah. and now we're all living in it. Yeah. And I, th I think, uh, the echo chamber of horseshit. <laughs> Let me see if that URL is available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So quick, someone grab that. I'm sure the dot, uh, gov. Right now they're pre-bunking it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, <laughs> The, the ivermectin horse pace pushers are talking about our echo chamber of bullshit. <laughs> but the, the U.S. system, um, I think, has major, major flaws in that the, yeah. um, they load too much debt onto young you know, doctors sure, sure and coming, coming through those systems such that they are they have to bend the knee and the the day of uh a, you know, a independent uh clinician etc has has long gone as these sort of super corps have taken over healthcare and the you know the graduating classes the majority of them are dependent on being able to slot into that that industry and you know i just i remember uh kaiser in the u.s mm. and right. um look it, it wasn't it wasn't bad health care per se but it was very much a cookie cutter type approach to right to medicine that i, I had a i have had a, actually had a couple of fights with with kaiser oh okay yeah <laughs> color me not shocked dude <laughs> Well, it's kind of, uh, you know, today I was listening to Brian Artis speak at an event, I think in Missouri mm. or Kansas. I'm not sure. He's still going on anyway, about snake venom. Um, a little bit, but he's really more about just how he got red-pilled to the reality of medicine mm. and, 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 you know, his experience. And he was talking about how... His baby was born for the first four months. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. The baby wouldn't lay on one side. It was constantly crying like he was in pain, um, would never stop crying, like constantly. And doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. And uh, finally, he took, uh, he, he was at a chiropractor getting an adjustment, and the doctors and, or the chiropractor said, bring the, that baby over here. I want to look at it. And he was like, what? And, and then the, the, the chiropractor said, look, this vertebrae has shifted because they used forceps hmm. and he said this child is in massive pain may i adjust it and he adjusted it and the baby like really freaked out hmm. and then he he runs out of there he doesn't pay the chiropractor he's like i don't know what you've done he calls his other doctor and the doctor's you know 
anytime the baby cried, they would ask the doctors, what's going on? Why won't this baby stop crying? And the doctor would say, what did you do? You know, never, never, it's always, it's like a narcissist, right? The knee jerk response is it's always your fault. And a good person will internalize that and go, what did I do? You know, they want to make sure like you you don't realize that you're, that's the thing with people with personality disorders in general is that they don't alert you to the fact that they're playing dirty Mm. and in a rational relationship, you you make an accusation and the other person, if they're, if they have any soul at all, will say, let me, let me make sure I didn't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, I always had a thing with our company which was default apologize and make sure we didn't screw that up. The last thing you want to be is indignant and wrong because you make it worse. Right. And then they don't, they don't trust you. I mean, I've, I've had clients that uh, didn't like that, right? Like they wanted me to just lie about something um, because sometimes when you're conscientious about something, you, you do create a problem. Um, but it's a problem that was already there. You're just bringing light to it. Anyway, so Brian talks about this and then he said, baby, know, okay. Miles, just by any chance. Yeah. Four miles. I wanted to finish that like, <laughs> right now. The Schrodinger's baby is <laughs> in agony in the car. Uh, but he gets, um, he gets about four miles down the road and suddenly the baby was silent mm. and he's terrified. He's like, Oh no did they snap the baby's neck and he couldn't get the baby to wake up uh and he he tries to decide what to do and puts the baby in the crib and just checks on her or him every 10 minutes overnight Mm. and then eight hours later the baby's awake just looked around for the Mm. first time it was in in agony Mm. and uh and that's when i think you know brian realized that um that that's that's what you're dealing with you're dealing with an inability to accept mistakes. And part of that comes from the fact that we have such a knee jerk response, especially in terms of doctors to sue for malpractice. Yeah. Which is another U S like trait that you has been weaponized. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I always harp on about Japan, but you can't, there isn't this like vindictive, um, lawyering that you can do right they they they'll have they've got like established levels for what they consider to be i don't know so you get injured in a car crash uh, or mm-hmm. i don't know contractual but th- there's a set limit and that's it and right. you've um you pay the lawyer generally up front and um they they try and do their best for you but it there isn't this ambulance chaser type um and then this bizarre racking up of um, fees and um, pay- payments out. And it's not just medicine that's affected. It's affected. Yeah. Many, many, um, our, our whole system here is lawyers have really done a number on us. Mm. And when we needed them, where's the lawyer? Mm. There's none, none will even hear your case because it's hard. Mm. And lawyers built walls around liability so that, you know, it's like an an insurmountable castle that they can't take, you can't take unless someone has an uneven step in their, you know, entry, entryway, in which case sue them for everything they've got. Mm. Um, I, I actually talked, you know, I knew a guy who stumbled in a parking lot in a pothole and sued and won. 
Um, you know, and it's like, dude, watch what. <laughs> Yeah, watch, watch what, your in Japan stat. they'd just be like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> that's your fault." I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd literally have to fall through the the pavement into the sewer system for for them to accept any culpability. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I mean, they probably put you on a reality show, um, but you know, like that's that's a problem here. We we have hyper litigation in certain instances, and then we have lawyers. Uh, Another great example. Um, I'm investigating the city of Dana Point um, and have sent multiple Freedom of Information Act requests. You know, like on one level, like I'm fighting the NIH and the on, on, you know, throwing rocks at that dragon. And then on the other side, I'm like <laughs> dumping this little town. But it's Where the same it? concept. Uh, Dana Point, California, Southern, Southern California. Okay. Anyway, there was a homeless lady who I was trying to help and she had the most insane prosecutions after her for, I mean, just non -ex like, just, are we seriously prosecuting this? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things was that she was using the wrong homeless placard. I'm sorry, uh, wrong handicap placard. She was using one that she had found instead of the one that was assigned to her. Mm -hmm. Like it was in the, in a driveway. It had been thrown out of a window of a stolen, uh, vehicle. Mm. She picked it up in the middle of the lockdowns, didn't take it to the police and was using it at the police station when she was talking about an assault that she had experienced. Mm. And they gave her a ticket for that. They gave her a DUI for having two beers and sleeping in her car. Didn't blow over the legal limit of alcohol, but because she had a fentanyl prescription, they went after her for that. Mm. Um, now she also maybe had Sudafed could have been meth. I don't know. Mm. I mean, it's funny how we can. She sounds a we, bit of a train wreck, though, dude. <laughs> oh, definitely. But she had There's got a reason the public she's homeless. Right. Um, she had gotten. She was. She's got mental mental mm. illness, and so she'd gotten a public intoxication ticket in 2018 uh, for having a beer in her hand outside. And I'm sure she was obstinate and not friendly with the police, <laughs> and they threw in the drunk tank overnight. Mm -hmm. So the city of Dana Point has a private city attorney, right? It's a part of a, a, a law firm here. And this law firm gets paid by the hour and they get paid overages if they litigate. So rather than, re you know, referring this case to the county prosecutor who was going to look at it and go, this is ridiculous and throw it out. Mm -hmm. uh, the city of Dana Point paid this law firm, Rutan and Tucker, I don't know, a few hundred dollars an hour for five years on top of what they were billing for everything for five years of pretrial hearings about a public intoxication ticket across, I think, 47 different hearings. Holy shit. And uh, so whose who's cousin is on the council? And right. <laughs> So was was the homeless lady with mental illness paranoid or were they really after her? Because mm -hmm. it looks like they were. Mm -hmm. And this is this is such a huge problem. I mean, you think of like uh, the log jams that we have in our courts and and to know that this is what's going on. And then I Freedom of Information Act request. I said, I want to see what the city of Dana Point spent in billing for this one case. Mm -hmm. The case was thrown out by a judge last year 
or earlier in this year, I was in the in the room when he was like, "What? Why?" <laughs> He's like, "Tell them to drop this case. This is ridiculous." And uh, yeah, so 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 you, this is what you have. Like you've got so these. They, they go and just like asset seizure. I'm sure. I'm sure she doesn't have any assets, right? It's just it's just the billing that they're interested in, and the right, and and the know, city pays yeah. for it. Mm. Um, on top of, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month that they pay for other stuff. But um, all of the cities in this area tend to hire law firms versus hire their own lawyers that are full time. Mm. Uh, the part of that is because, hey, you're going to save yourself on pension and stuff like that. Mm. But the negative is, is that the law, law firms use loopholes and uh, and inflate their billings and you know what i i asked the city council i was like what you have the power to to show me and and bypass the foia is this was the city council involved in this i mean because it would have been across multiple council members too right, right. um so you know you've got you've got a really shitty legal system that is stacked for the lawyers mm. Um, but it's also stacked for pharmaceutical companies. It's also stacked for well, anyone you know, that has the the resources to um, play the system. And yeah, and even even if you are legally solid and have everything on your side, um, they use paperwork to sabotage it. Mm -mm -mm. You know, they'll they'll say, oh, you know, this president says that you're not allowed to submit this information because even though it would exonerate you, we've invalidated it. And uh, that's a it's a real problem. So so you've got that in terms of our medical systems, um, these complexities, uh, this uh, inability to get justice from our legal system. You've got crimes that are egregious that are unnoticed and ignored um you've got your january 6 guys locked in jail for years meanwhile the most prolific child pornographer who's dealing in snuff porn where children were killed on camera <laughs> he got 18 months in prison just because you know oh, I don't, we don't know no it was actually the 20th largest democrat uh, in 2020 the 20th largest donor, um, it was his brother. So, you know, you've got these like extreme swings in justice and, mm. and, and just decency. It's the Epsteinization and, of everything, dude. Yeah. And when your society is, uh, allowing this, you, you know, you lose a bit of your soul. And then I think we're being punished for yeah, I uh, mean, for a lot of this behavior. Someone that Bean Lord just says in my chat that free market evangelists are going to be shrieking right now. And yeah, I I really look. I'm sympathetic to you know the free market and what have you. But there's there's some places where it just it doesn't work like you would predict or or they would predict. And right. Um, healthcare, I think, is one. Any of like the your strategic infrastructure, right? Right. And I remember 
just in the UK that they would you know we'd, we'd paid and built for electricity grids and gas pipelines and water pipelines and you know that was that infrastructure was in there and then they just broke it up and started selling it off rail and everything um and everything just got shitty and more expensive yeah. than uh than mm-hmm. it needed to be um but you know the, the those that managed to grab the that moment right were, were pre-positioned to get the shares etc they they right. they're for it and then they want ever more and because some benefit uh the the impact and especially on the working classes are um ignored and it's the it's the lower well the majority yeah, we're all on a mensch now what am i saying <laughs> we're all we're all getting reamed by, uh, by I don't know about you, man. I'm grifting this <laughs> as hard as I can. I don't want to brag, but in the last month, as an Amazon associate, I mean, I probably shouldn't even talk about this publicly because I don't want people to like hit me over the head and take my <laughs> Amazon money. But I've made three dollars and forty-one cents. Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a Starbucks next week. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna get venti. That's that's how I'm rolling. Nice. That's how that's my grift, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the way to do it, man. Um, yeah, I, I like I said, I, I wish there was an easy answer to this because the um, America is such a polarized um country, it was even when I was there sort of 20 years ago. And um, I think that's the concept behind uh, um, and I haven't really investigated some spitballing here, but uh, dissension. I don't know. Have you heard of that? Mm. I think it's where, and I could, I could, I could be completely wrong, mm. <laughs> but someone said the word to me, and I, I need to look it up. But I think what it is is a slow reversal of the unrelenting expansion of power and suppression of freedom in the United States. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, dissension, like coming back down Uh, from like a little uh, unwind right mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we're you know and 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 that and that in a way is kind of what these stories about shots heard are Mm -hmm. right because they've silenced people and they did it for so many years and they eroded rights and they didn't know their own history and when you try to point it out they call you misinformation right so so these stories are kind of like a smack upside the head uh, to say, hey, look, I was one of you. And now I'm telling you that you're doing it wrong. You've gone too far. Um, maybe the measles vaccine is a good thing. But now, like anything, if you testify on trial and intentionally lie and it's proven, you've lost credibility with the jury and they don't have to regard what you say as fact and truth. Mm. So it's the same thing. Like they've gotten this wrong. I mean, gosh, just look at Peter Hotez. That mm. guy walks in circles with words and he has no conscience about it at all. No, none, none. Uh, I mean, it is, it is like, I've never seen anything like it. Mm. It's kind of, I mean, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> But it's also really scary. But at the same time, I have to say, 
that guy's probably our enemy. Yes. Yeah. Because if he will say anything at all that pleases his master, he's basically, and he kind of looks like Renfield from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. 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 Um, he, he, he's if, straight up with it as well. It's a right wing yeah. anti Semitic uh, conspiracy. Yeah. To, I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> it's right wing. We have solar and electric cars, but it's right wing, totally. You know, I mean, it. Well, the thing is, like, I, I, I kind of knew that was coming, right? The, um, it's the, it's the same mo that they used in the UK many, many years ago as they unravelled the, you know, we didn't have it, uh, nice codified in sort of language people could understand set of mm -hmm. documents like the US and they just they just played a, a degree of legalese and um, every time you try to object the, the the cudgel of racism was used as a um, means to put down dissent not dissension yeah. dissent in this instance and the um, the problem is is that the there is a network, I guess, um, you know, the best, uh, I know, like an easily accessible example is, she's actually American, um, in the loosest sense of the word. Her name is Barbara Lerner Spector. Ever heard of her? I, it sounds familiar, yeah. Um, let me just see if I can find you her, so she's an activist let's put it that way and um she i don't know they might have just squelched her on youtube if i can find it really barbara burner Spect. yeah no hits on youtube I'm spelling it wrong um oh here's, here's it's a minute 18 long and I can remember how I was uh, mortified, horrified when I saw this, you know, I might say this is 20, 25 years old, something like that. If I share screen, but this is, this is what they did in Europe is they deconstructed Europe and the post-war Europe was just very malleable. And they just kept going along and along with it to go along to get along. And mm. the um, in its place came these this vanguard of activists. Tell me if you so, hear this. As we heard, there are people in Sweden. You, you can hear that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who support Israel and have a deep sense of the injustice of the present situation. It's these people who give hope to those who still believe that things will get better here. One of them is Barbara Spector, a former American who made Aliyah and then 10 years ago, with the help of the government of Sweden, set up a non-denominational institute of Jewish learning with the Greek name of Paideia here in Stockholm. She believes the current wave of anti-Semitism in Sweden will pass and that Jews have an important role to play in a country undergoing profound change. 
I think there's a resurgence of anti-Semitism because at this point in time, Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural. And I think we're going to be part of the throes of that, of that transformation, which must take place. Europe is not going to be the monolithic uh, uh, societies that they once were in the last century. Jews are going to be at the center of that. It's a huge transformation for Europe to make. They are now going into a multicultural mode and Jews will be resented because of our leading role. But without that leading role and without that transformation, Europe will not survive. Paideia. Look, ma'am, this was in the 90s. There was wow. no um, anti-Semitism in um, Sweden, for fuck's sake, right? But <laughs> what Sweden, yeah. Right, this, yeah. This, um, this, this type of mentality that, that you just saw on display there opened the door to basically a mass of third world immigration into Sweden where yeah. the, the, it, it got the moniker, the rape capital of Europe for a reason right? was, wow yeah and th this is this was this was something that was systematic and across many countries now like say is it all just um our uh red sea cousins N not all of it there's a lot of it though and y if you're unable to look and say hey you know that's that's problematic you're you're doing stuff that is yeah um it, it over over longer long periods of time, it has significant um, comeback on um, on the populations at, at, at hand, and the I don't want to, I don't want this to turn into a JQ uh, episode because it's it's more important to sort of look at the um, the the work that you've done, but it it's this this has been in play for. A, a long, long time, and special interest groups that are ideologically driven have pulled yeah. us into this um, maelstrom right now. Right. And I'm, you know, I, d I don't know how you get... My prayer is that somewhere like the US where you... Those rights to free speech you, can be exercised um, w w without what what we've witnessed which is these lists coming out from these uh you know who what's the next level up that was organizing these lists where was it where was it happening dnc what? i think i mean the 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 look we we have yet to find a liberal being attacked mm -mm. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I partially liberal. I don't know. I don't know what I am anymore. I don't fit anywhere anymore. Mm. But even at the, uh, at my most left, I was always, um, I, I more conservative physically and also, um, in terms of, you know, freedom of speech and things like that. Um, but, but I would be somewhat morally liberal in some ways. Mm. Oh, you had I didn't a oppose, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't oppose people that were gay or, or, mm -hmm. or you know, loved who they loved. I mean, I didn't think that was that was wrong. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, it just seemed, you know, look again. Look, look what that's led to, right? And well, it's like here's, it's almost like the devil gets into every single thing 
and twists it, right? You know, like in uh, Lord of the Rings, the um, the Urukai or orcs or whatever were elves that were tortured and twisted and um, made mockery of what what they no were. I, I don't know enough of the lore yeah. of uh, Tolkien. So, so I read the Hobbit. Kinda, you know, yeah. So, so that that was kind of like in that lore that you know Sauron and Melkor is big daddy like took the good and twisted it into this dark thing that was a mockery of what it once was mm-hmm. um and that and that is kind of what now i've been watching the do you remember the show six feet under uh i'm not familiar with it it's an american show yeah it was an hbo show about 22 years ago um and uh it was basically about a family of morticians in california yeah, and one of the sons was gay and you know you you went through a lot of his uh experience you know both coming out and mm. and sell, having a family and relationship and you know adopting kids and whatever and uh and at the time that was kind of a you know pushing the boundary sort of show even though it really wasn't mm. um but uh that show was kind of like a good point to be in right um people got along i mean there wasn't you know there was there was a, a little bit of wokeism in terms of like you know oh you're just saying that because i'm black or i'm gay or whatever but mm. but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a device used to divide us it was merely a manner of providing perspective and getting each other to think about how the other one felt right so it was it was a different utilization but what we're seeing now is a weaponization of that and that that comes from that comes from something external i think uh people like barbara learn a specter <laughs> all right well you know what she she probably believes it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. you know every time somebody's an asshole to her she probably was like oh anti-semitism yeah which is which is what um Hotez does any criticism is anti-semitism and so it's a case of well how do you defang that um uh that particular weapon, I, 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 for me, it's just well, you just—it's like the blacks taking nigger, uh, nigger, 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 and uh, you just use it, use it, use it, use it, and um, just make fun of it and mock it, and I, I, I don't see a um, any—you can't legislate against it, right? So th- this, this was another. Um, really pernicious step they took in the UK, which was the introduction of things called hate crimes. Right? It wasn't just um, enough to be charged. I don't know, assault and battery, for example. That's yeah. that's usually where it it was it was applied. But the the lawyers and the the judges used it as a means to um, hammer home the this social engineering. And so they could always, you know, double your sentence by calling it a hate crime. And, you know, the right. the simple fact is we should all be equal under the law and um, the same um, punishment should be metered out. I mean, if you use some uh, salty words when laying the boot into someone, you've still laid the boot into them and caused, caused harm. Um, there's no... There's, the sentence should just reflect the 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 crime and now they've taken that 
and they've moved it into the domain of um, speech such that even if you say something that someone perceives to be you know, crossing these these boundaries you've then engaged in hate speech you've then engaged in and well then suddenly suddenly well in the uk we used to call it like victim poker and then who 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 was the who was the higher up the totem pole with respect to special interest groups and how that was used at, at any one particular time to um, force uh, an, uh, an agenda basically and you know that look we had we were like deer in the headlights as they rattled through this um legislation from and that started before i was born in the 60s and the 70s and but once it got into well there was the, the millennium started and then 911 happened and then, dang, 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 it, it started coming really rapid. And th th a lot of the leverage that they used was um, anti-terror legislation, hmm. right? And um, that never got wound back in. And, you know, the I, I can remember at the time cheering on if a uh, Muslim got, <laughs> got yanked because he was... Uh, you know, getting salty on uh, Twitter and what have you, but um, that was just making a rod for our own backs back in back in the day. And you right. can't, you've you've got to, I don't know, how to keep the law as pure and as um, pure is the wrong word, objective as possible. Well, uh, yeah, my my solution is less law. I think every law that they pass that restricts freedoms needs to be revoted every two to four years. Yeah. Like, like they sort of try to pretend to do with the USA Patriot Act. Mm. Um, but, but I mean, you know, you can't throw a Frisbee in Los Angeles County at the beach. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, if you're... Because That's where Frisbee might, was born, no? Yeah, because you might hit somebody's head. So we're we're living in a a society of morons, mm. and um, so so this this is this is part. You know, normally I don't like outing people or exposing their actions, but some of the things that we've seen that were done in these groups were so atrocious. Some of the mm. the celebration, the sorry anti-vaxxer site that they like to go to and celebrate the death of someone who died from COVID, which inadvertently sort of proves the point that probably people are being mistreated in hospitals because they're unvaccinated. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, so the world needs to know who these doctors are and their facilities. Mm. I'm not, I'm not trying to report them to the medical license boards or whatever else, but Oh, I don't think that would do any good in this instance. No, th but that's fox guarding him. Right. Well, we need to be able to know if you and I, or some person who's uncovid vaccinated, um, needs to go to the doctor. They need to be able to go to a doctor that at least starts from the same perspective. Mm -hmm. There are quite a few, and and you know there are going to be some people that are like, yeah, I like that my doctor tried to go after another doctor and have her license removed because she prescribed a drug she was legally allowed to prescribe. Mm. 
Uh, if and if and if you're the kind of idiot that thinks that's a good idea, I present you this doctor. Go go mm-hmm. and you guys connect. And then the other people that don't think that's a good idea can go to the good doctors. And and the problem was these groups and whatever else, they weren't just trying to espouse and you know, I've said that word three times, I can't use it again. They weren't trying to promote their own, you know, promote espouse, espouse. They weren't trying to promote their own um you know, agenda, they were trying to dominate and destroy any dissent and forcibly inject you. And in many cases they did. Um, and they were doing it with something experimental that at best didn't work for the actual prevention of transmission well, and acquisition of disease. I would say what we see from if the data is it's a palliative, right? over a short period of time and then goes into negative efficacy. Um, that's not, that is not a uh, vaccine as traditionally understood. And, you know, who, who was I talking to on, um, Francois dopaminergic 13. Um, Oh, you know, Francois, I like that. Yeah. And I did a stream with her on, um, Friday evening and okay. she, she did like one, hour and then we just talked for another three hours afterwards and you know she's um very uh honed in uh lady with respect to uh what what these issues are and you know coming from she's seen what happened like france again they've used the same tactics that they did in um britain to sort of undermine the uh the the country, the the the, the working class of the country, and um, this was, well, and you you're getting it right now. Actually, it's kind of it's it's kind of funny to watch um, New York suddenly start squirming as the uh, suddenly Illegals. they've they've got an immigration problem, right? Where you had oh, what's Hutchell is her name? Someone put a clip in the Discord um, this morning. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember. It all blurs into one for me. But literally, yeah. like, months apart, she's on a podium and one verse saying, oh, we welcome everyone, we're a sanctuary city, etc. And we've got no more hotel rooms left. We're, we're, we're full. What are you going to do? And um, the, 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 I don't know, reflex, but the desire to be, um, to have that short-term reward of feeling, um, oh, I've done the right thing, etc. If you're not thinking about longer-term consequences, and you've left people to be subsumed by those consequences because you weren't touched by them, well, you, you, you know, karma is going to come round, um, collecting. I hope, and yeah. the, you know, it's. Look, what I see happening on the U.S. southern border, that's not um, Mexicans coming over for a bit of a better life anymore. That's It's, again, weaponized to the point of um, trying trying to break the uh, the fabric of the United States, I would say. Right. An uncontrolled immigration destroys the identity of a nation yeah yeah and france is going through it oh yeah yeah, yeah. 
Sweden too, right? Norway. Oh, yeah, Sweden, um, UK, the they've Germany, they've all and look a lot of it. A lot of it came from. Well, again, it like the touch paper was lit twenty years ago, post nine eleven. Um, what was you know, they were issues back then, right? But they just got magnified uh, a millionfold, and you know, going round smashing their countries in the Middle East and Africa has consequences, and um, you've got to right. well. I don't. I don't want them machine gunning dinghies in the sea, right? But there should be an active tow service that finds them and drags them back to Africa, etc. And this has this has been juxtaposed massively in the last few months, where they would take anyone, everyone into Europe, right? But suddenly in the Ukraine war. If Ukraine was asking for these uh, youngsters, young men, who didn't want to fight, didn't want to get pulled into that war, to come back to the country, the UK was uh, rounding up. Ireland was. Um, there was a couple of countries that objected, and because it is illegal to send people back to war zones, but in this instance, this was their war again, and they would they would um, f all, all that pretense to human rights, etc., didn't mean shit. And the, yeah. you, you you can't have those rights if they just get um, subsumed via I don't know I don't, like I say my I, I point at corporations a lot are just being causal to a lot of this um, the the instruments of hmm. yeah they're well they're legally designed to. Uh, you know, remove the people that control it and make decisions uh, from responsibility yeah. of the consequences of those decisions. So, um, you know, I, I have a couple of corporations myself, but, um, you know, yeah, I, I was so, somehow I don't see them. you um, flexing the uh, corporate legal loopholes to. <laughs> squeeze out an extra penny on the dollar as you destroy a, as you rip out the heart of a community yeah i mean that you know it comes up sometimes and i just don't mm. <laughs> but uh you know just, i guess sticking to the point of these groups and whatever else um i'm i'm frustrated with them i'm angry with them because these were maybe endeavors that started from a place of good but it is again with the lord of the rings analogy when you get the ring of power it can corrupt you yeah yeah and um and once they had the power and the authority granted to them by a biden executive branch and uh and it was clear that we were in a now a lawless society if you had a d in front of your name mm. democrat um you you know it, it showed them it showed us their integrity who are these people really 
Well, they're the kind of people that will go to Twitter with a list of names, tweets, and accounts to ban and block. Yeah. And and the people making the decisions on what to ban and block were so trigger happy <clears throat> on anything mm. that even even when it went into freedom of speech, I mean even Zuckerberg admits it. And that guy funded a lot of this. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, did restart it. Okay. I'm close the door. His uh, poor so, graphics you know, card. Oh, <laughs> uh, so so you know you had you had these people that went down this path and they didn't know how to stop it, mm. and uh, and I think it got away from them, mm. and now now they've created this whole industry of censorship mm. that ultimately will destroy them, mm. because. Let's say these vaccines are deadly toxins and poisons that will kill many people in the next three to five years, especially those who continue to get them. But let's, you know, arguably what percentage of the population, if they continue with the yearly or every other month boost or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a spectrum of where it could land. Um, I, I pray that it, um, it was, we've seen the worst, but we're, we're seeing increasing all-cause mortality still, and yeah. that that's concerning. So I don't I, I, I don't know. I'm I don't know where it ends. No. And and you know when when we were first dealing with whatever COVID was, um, there were some predictable measures right like we you know the way they put it out was that okay well it can have up to an 18 day more you know incubation and um you could do this that and the other and uh you know there was no mucus uh it was it was a dry cough like that you know we knew but all that's kind of gone out the window now they don't talk about any of that anymore mm, mm, mm. and uh and also the flu went away that year which was really the yeah. real miracle mm. that the flu well, influenza the, that is um you know, i don't know i mean if you lock everyone down i remember at the time um in it was a sto story in either norway or denmark that the funeral parlors were complaining that their normal trade turnover of trade had stopped because people weren't dying because they they'd locked people down and there just wasn't that community right. spread of um of pathogens and so right. yeah th that has a sort of um mechanistic ex explanation in my mind and it and the signal was there almost immediately now again was that story planted and fake maybe was is you know was all of this um a, a, a massive you know gaslighting operation um i struggled to get bite down on that in particular just because it was so worldwide and you got um you did see differences although there although there was a lot of lockstep there was a there were still perturbations in that in that pattern and unknowns or, or things that i would think would be difficult to predict with with sort of modeling and um, trying to tabletop exercise stuff out and um, 
but again, you know, how much do we really know at this point? Yeah, the the thing that um, the symptom that I tried to connect to other potential diagnoses is anosmia, hmm. um, and that could just be from a sinus infection that was untreated because they weren't, you know, they were restricting well, antibiotics. So yeah, and again, we're in this domain of um, what is loss of sense of smell because you're you're inflamed just with mucus. All colds cause you to lose the sense yeah. of smell and taste. Mm. I mean, it's not new, but because they were told about it, mm. oh, this is a symptom. Suddenly, the muggles were like, "I've got COVID," mm. um, and uh, and you know, killed grandma. And so, but there's this. Um, there is this penetration of the virus through those olfactory fibers, mm -hmm. right? And so this is this is where they were playing a very dangerous. Well, it's not game, um, but they were. If if SARS has come out of a laboratory, which I I think the evidence points to um, that being the case, and they've. <laughs> They knew that, like, neurotropism is something that, that's known w with in virology and in my field because it was a sort of causal mechanism for why you end up, um, you know, in your senior years, why you end up developing neurodegenerative disorders, right? Right. And um, if they've gone down the research pathway, which I, I think they have done, you can see the fingerprint an arc in the literature and it's it's not mm -hmm. just scientific literature as now I've looked at the the biowarfare literature. They they were um they make they make specific reference to being able to induce prion like disorders but just induce a um light cold. Right? It's just right. it's it's about being and, and tuning your pathogen to to target in that particular direction and I, I think that's a lot of the reason that we saw the synchronized response that the, that they did do and were so draconian they knew right that there are elements in those defense departments the the weaponized research the medical countermeasures etc they know that these things exist and that's why they took that 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 step Right, it's why you saw the abuse of PCR, the way that the way that they did it. That wasn't testing for people's um, health. That was a, that was a. It's a form of surveillance, right? Where you mm. a negative response and running up your count gives you a data point as well because you can start seeing where it comes down. It's an extra dimension you can add to your data as you try to monitor spread. And you you're essentially forcing this test onto people. That's why they were doing this type of thing. Everything points to weapon, weapon and military type thinking in in what we saw, and I think we're we're still seeing that play out just in um, the the state that we find ourselves in right now. And so, um, yeah, you know the. Loss of um, smell is again. Uh, 
In this house, some would call it a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um especially on chilly night. <laughs> um, my, my I don't smell too good anymore. <laughs> After I cracked my head, I I didn't um my sense of smell went out the window. And Is it still gone? It's back somewhat, but it's not it's not the same as what it used to. And um I don't know. I mean, I worked with animals, so you get used to all sorts of smells and um Know, stinky environments yeah, um, sure but yeah it was it was noticeable to me and if i if i lost I, I, it would take me a lot to I, I would know my nose is blocked just from being unable right. to move air through it but <laughs> just loss of smell oh, it's been been like that for a right. long time for me so um um my wife lost her uh, sense of smell a couple weeks ago or months ago i guess mm. Uh, she asked she had a cold or whatever and uh, and it took about two or three weeks to come back and she was really frustrated with it i tested it because i love her i tested it often (laughs) 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 once okay i'm gonna sidebar okay so i drove across the country i love driving across the united states in road road trips it's the most fun thing because you just it's just awesome right i mean you you get to see how people live all across the world and, and it really gives you sort of a, a taste of, of your countrymen in a different way. I'd love to go across the United Kingdom too. That looks amazing. Um, mm, yeah, I'd be careful there, dude. Really? I mean, I would, I don't, I don't care about London so much. I'd rather go. Yeah. Go, go, go up North. It's a bit more, uh, up West coast, West coast of UK, hold of the UK is kind of nice, but, um, Southeast. Nah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I drove across the country with this guy and he had asthma and he had no sense of smell. And mm. um, it's a, it was amazing what he could endure <laughs> and never even know it. <laughs> I test, I mean, I, I was like, I'm going to get some McDonald's <laughs> a milkshake. Um, and, and even like at points where I'm like, I, you have to pull over. I'm going to throw up. Mm. <laughs> So uh yeah I, he didn't he didn't it was and I was I was I tested that that was mm. a that was a harsh trip. Hey, have you ever uh patented anything? Uh I've tried. Um they didn't give it, but um the I found out the hard way you're not allowed to patent code and mm. Well, what I want to do is I I have this idea um it's sort of a, it's a trigger monitor, basically. Mm. Uh, it's a way that you can um, safely ascertain the level of, um, uh, tr- well, the trigger level of uh, your liberal friends and family mm. um, so that you can avert a meltdown. Mm. Uh, and, and what it actually does is kind of high tech, right? Like it, it projects over your shoulder um, you know, just a simple zero to a hundred green, green, you know, yellow, red, mm. um, bar, right? Like right over their shoulder and the, 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 out of the projector, it goes down to a suppository that you insert into the rectum of your <laughs> liberal friends so that you can see the clenchness of their, 
anus is measured. Fu funnily enough, this was kind of what I was trying to patent. I, well, I want to call it the sphincterometer. <laughs> and uh, and so we're I more sophisticated than that nowadays. <laughs> well, I was thinking like, okay, so so like you could you know do some commercials where like guys are in the office and he walks mm -hmm. into a room, uh, and he goes, uh, you know, hey, uh, how about uh trump and then everybody's like starts to go and then he goes trump's indictment and then they goes down so he diffuses it before the meltdown happens um i did i was just saying seeing the commercial in my head i haven't really flushed the concept out i did think that also we're doing that right literally doing that that's what i was let me explain how it worked right so when you when you modulate frontal networks mm -hmm. like your associative limbic etc there are a number of emergent behaviors that it's very difficult for the person to not express and in humans it's more complex in how they will um emerge but you know you can think of in the most basic form ocd like behavior mm -hmm. right and this, although you can't subjectively measure the person's perceived anxiety levels, and there's a lot of overlap with anxiety and OCD type behaviors, the manifestation mm -hmm. of the outward behavior is, is an indicator of this. And they're, they're making systems. I was just what I was trying to do. And it was just, I was just focused on doing it in monkeys and with a monkey you can just have a lot of hardware in the head that's feeding back the neural state and then you get very good relationship between the neural state and what the monkey's behavior is that they're expressing and there there are in-depth research projects geared at human beings designed to um, not just say that's that person, right? Like ID checking, but trying to understand like semantic behaviors out, out of um, what people are doing. You know, so you want to be able, you want a system that can look at a crowd of people and if, pe if two people are coming close together, are they coming to talk to each other or are they going to start um, being belligerent to one another? And this, and this is, this is how they're thinking. And so they, they try and figure this type of behavior out. So they're looking at sort of posture, the, you know, the, are you puffing your chest out, this type of thing. And this, they, they're getting very, and it's been, eight years since I was really sort of involved in it and I would imagine the technology has just um, just come along enormously and you know I was just looking in a niche thing for like medical not medical experiments, scientific experiments medical experiments sounds wrong but the um, this moment to moment analysis of behavior and Emotional state through body language is a huge research domain for human beings, and it's being rolled out 
everywhere and they're not they're not telling you right and right. they don't have to tell you either why because you're in public right so anything that this is and again this is not the uk but this is how they took our freedoms but th it was just a given that in public you're open to surveillance right yes in your own home you're entitled to any degree of privacy etc and there's supposed to be stuff in place to um protect that but once out on the street boom they're, they're, they're watching and surveilling um in all, all manner of um ways that again i just think back to um like in in Iraq and like in that's where all the biometric stuff started coming from, right? So did you you ever seen them where they would grab up a whole bunch of people because they'd been having like a firefight and they would just basically um, capture their iris and their fingerprints that way and they would just get them all onto databases and that's that's just been rolled out on on a mass scale. Right now, like what does the iPhone do? It's taking a depth point. What's, what's it called? Uh, it's like IR point scattergram, I guess. If we were even using it from a connect. Point yeah. cloud. Point cloud. That was, that's what it was called. And it's taking a 3D shot of your face all the time. To, and to, the room you're in. And people, people are just oblivious to this data that's being sucked. Even if the yeah, even if the camera's not pointed at you, mm. it's it's it knows where you are. Your Wi-Fi, especially these mesh Wi-Fi systems, mm. can let you basically see through walls. Mm. Yeah. Um. But to my just to finish my mm. my patent concept. Mm. Um. For 2024, I want to suggest that we have a commemorative suppository <laughs> measurement device. Okay. Uh, shaped like Joe Biden's head. Okay. So I can tell you that um, if you have a piece of hardware, that mm -hmm. is patentable. Any code that goes with that device, you're not allowed Excellent. to patent code. Right. So if you've got something that um, a widget suppository. <laughs> In the shape of Biden, that can be uh, just as just as hair that's like that that's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> that already looks kind of stretched. Um, but the cool part is uh, it will have little beads in it that are um, that are actually connected to a dispenser inside of it, so it's a self lubricating <laughs> suppository. So you don't have to like get messy, right? To put it in, and uh, this twenty twenty four presidential commemorative. Like a salt Biden shaker. suppository, yeah. We'll call it the Sloppy Joe. <laughs> All of it was for that joke. <laughs> All of it. Touche, bro. <laughs> uh, I've been laughing about it all week. I got to use it. I'll see my way to HR. No, I, I, I love that type of thing. But that, that was another place, right, that they, they, they shut... Um, people down, right? Oh. The H Human Resources Department. Oh, I got a joke coming. 
Yeah. I can't tell you about it. Cause it's really good. Do I need to smell a vision? Maybe it's really good. <laughs> it's actually, it's so good. Okay. <laughs> I can't I, wait to share it. I want to, um, I want to bring up on the screen, which, um, which story do we look at for shots heard? Just, just as an example for people that haven't, haven't looked. Um, I really agree. Like the the last guy you were doing, um, that was a particularly egregious well, one. Uh, well, he's a general, right? He helped create it. Right. There was also Smizer, who runs public good projects. Then there was Dort Rice, or Reese, or Rice, I don't know. Uh, she helped uh, advise the state of California on how to do forced vaccine mandates. Um, or if you wanted to go to school and then you had, uh, um, oh, uh, Jonathan Laxon, Laxon he's, he's yeah. been pretty, he's been pretty, ad, uh, pretty, uh, mouthy, uh, about people and having rights, you know, um, there's quite a few, I, I can't believe honestly how many I've done mm. in 10, 12 days. Yeah. It's been the rapid fire um, uh daily today's i think the first day i really haven't done one uh but you can just go to broken truth and scroll through yeah i'm just looking down and uh human trafficker in ukraine makes shocking confession children are being targeted for organ harvesting as a jewish voice mm. <laughs> so funny i was i i wrote the one about dorit rice mm. and i'm i'm friends with the editor of jewish voice um mm. really really good guy named Ben and uh um you know I I don't shy away I I address the K26R mm. issue and uh I address uh you know Dorit Rice um and her I mean I'm I'm pronouncing her name wrong I think but uh and and David ran the story right and I and I was grateful that he did because you know you you do a story like that it makes you nervous. You don't, mm -mm. you know, if you try to be analytical and just say, look, this is the story. Uh, and, and there's a concern that because the person happens to be Israeli, that you're going to be called anti-Semite. Mm. Um, that's a, that's a problem. But you know, I, I, what I was doing when I did that story was I, I was talking to my Jewish friends. Um, I have uh, some people that we'd interviewed that were connected to the polio case in New York. They were, um, uh, they call themselves Torah true Jews. Uh, some call them ultra, you know, ultra Orthodox or whatever, but they don't like that. They, they prefer the torture. So whatever, uh, that, that's what they want. I don't want to disrespect that. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I try not to do that now when I, I who was I talking again? Yeah, I'm it not came up this week. I was like, I try not to be. I used to be an asshole when I was younger, just with people's religious stuff. Would just be like, "Oh, you believe this, right. do you?" <laughs> yeah, I think God is definitely. Um, and I used to reminded be a right me dick. Of, yeah, remind God is God has definitely pointed me in the direction of some of my mistakes and said, hey, "See what you did." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, that in retrospect probably wasn't so funny." Mm. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so I talked to them and my, my point in talking to them about it was I wanted to find out, mm. 
did something happen in Israel about 22 years ago? Because that would have been when Dorit and and others like her were in high school. Mm. Um, I I think I'm I'm average guessing a little bit, but uh, did something happen in their education system around that time where Marxism became a fad? And then I found out, oh, the entire country of Israel was founded by Marxists. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Marxism is is Jewish, dude. It's kibbutzism. It, it, well, yeah. <laughs> you, you found that bit out, right? Yeah, um, but I don't, I don't care for all that. So you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's really the foundation that. It, Maybe those original people that did it were, you know, farmers and whatever else, and they wanted sort of that simple thing. But it evolved into a society that had more. Mm. You you capitalism. need to you need to talk with you know, I've got uh, there's a few people I could introduce you to, but just on the history of this type of um. I'm going to steal a phrase, uh, revolutionary spirit that the, the, right. they tend to manifest. and This Bolshevik thing and mm, whatever else. Mm, mm, and you know, and to a certain level, I would say I'm a bit more of a populist than I used to be. Mm. Um, but I like fancy dinners. And um, Yeah, but they still get fancy dinners, bro. It's just the, right. it's just the rest of us. Well, you know, I I guess the the tricky thing is is that I ha- I've been in that world most of my life. I didn't know. I mean, I met presidents and vice presidents and met famous people, worked with them. I mean, and you know, I I I didn't know that it was that. I mean, I knew it was special. And I was grateful for it. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah. So. I, I don't, just, I don't just know. In to, my me, chat, to me, that world. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't worship Baphomet when I was in there. I right. never knew about that. <laughs> right. uh, there was, you know, I wasn't like when I was in the middle of doing, you know, sort of promos for Disney Channel. We weren't doing shots of adrenochrome in between mm. edit sessions. Like mm. it was stressful, and you were just doing a job. You didn't know that you were part of some system that was inevitably going to be hijacked and used to. Mm. take away freedom and consolidate creativity until there is no more creativity like yeah it's it's a tough um gordian knot of um contradictions and um i i I don't know how really that you um you you approach this problem i mean so just for like one issue like the the organ trafficking that's coming out of Ukraine where we know that a lot of that is going to Israel why is it going to Israel because it's not uh, kosher for them to take organ transplants from Jewish people so you can't do you can't take collect organs in the country of Israel but you can take them from elsewhere and this is this mm. is just one example of how they They don't do organ donations in Israel? No, it's not allowed. Um it wasn't when I was there. I mean maybe that's changed, but it's not kosher to um take or give organs. And so it's not um it's not part of their law. Let me just check that. But it's like I would just assume that it was a middleman thing. 
Um, yeah, so they get them from elsewhere now. They don't, but it's... Um, let me just check if it's organ donation. Israel. I mean, China's a big yeah, yeah, yeah. harvester um, of organs, too, from what I understand. But I think anybody that needs an organ... So organ transplantation in Israel is historically low because it's prohibited under Jewish law. It's changed with the passage of a new law in 2008. Yeah, so just after I... Um, left i guess that they've changed it but well it's... i think it's great in terms of organ donation that we've sampled the dna of every person in america repeatedly <laughs> with covid swabs and so now anybody that needs an organ they can just type in a little key code and find a match yeah and then that match can have an accident that leaves all their organs intact yeah 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 and the what could go wrong right what could go wrong <laughs> I'm just I'm just seeing the the details here with um Okay, the second law provides for various benefits to living organ donors. Uh so maybe maybe you could give like a kidney to your brother or sister. Um mm. prevalence of donation. Both orthodox Jews and majority secular Jews often cite Jewish law as the reason for not donating. The rate of agreement to organ donation is only 45%, which is 50% lower than the rate in most Western countries. Wait, we have 90% 90, 90 of people agreeing to give organs? That doesn't sound right to me. Okay, the, the percentage of people who hold an organ donation card in Israel is only 14%. Oh, okay, it's just... Here are the actual numbers. In Western countries, 30 to 40%. Um... Yeah, so it was uh, a, a a thing back when I was there that they were, well, it, they had to It's go not abroad. so much a thing now. Yeah, I guess. well, <laughs> I, I mean, officially. I officially, but, but, but yeah, but it wasn't haram. No, not haram. What's the, kosher. It wasn't kosher. To, yeah, to to what I was saying when I was talking to my Jewish friends, mm. um, you know, and, and asking them, you know, what happened, they were like the same thing that's happened to every other country. Mm. You know, look at look around here. Mm. Can can we really say that the United States is mm. <laughs> we're not in good shape? Mm. We're in a mess, mm. and uh, you know, it, it's it's happened all over. It's been a global phenomenon of uh, like this groundswell of um division and marxism and whatever else that uh on one hand i'm like well we've got to stop it right and on the other hand i'm like well the system that we have sucks mm. um and then you have wef show up and they're like let's use water as a weapon and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe what we have to do uh is we have to create a better alternative than what WEF has. And, you know, and I used to say this as a, to my clients when I had them. Uh, when it comes to my creative ideas, sometimes the worst comes first. And it's really just sort of me, you know, uh, rotorooting my, the creative constipation that happens at the beginning of a project when you are trying to formulate unique ideas. And uh, so that that process is um, it's it's harder than you think, but also it can be a lot more fun than a normal job. Um, but you know, 
maybe the whiff is just the worst ideas first. And unfortunately, by first, I mean, you know, what appears to be a 2000 year long right. <laughs> march over the cliff of insanity. Some would say um, even longer, bro. Um, yeah. I, I, Since I, the beginning. I, I don't know how you, again, what do you do? I'm I'm very conscious of, you know, you don't want to be stepping into the territory of like push them into the sea type um talking because then they are going to get all um neurotic and uh <laughs> sneaky right you're giving them um casus belli in that respect but mm-hmm. um you know th- i i sort of, i try to frame it in this way which is they're big enough and you know old enough now to to stand on their own two feet such that the rules that apply to everyone else apply to them so the signing of conventions um adoption of you know treaties etc this 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 type of thing and this so are you, are you familiar with the pedophile issue that they have there in israel so literally people um, so yeah you can you can if you're Jewish, you can claim right of return, and you ca- you cannot right. be extradited anywhere. And yeah. and I, there, there are literal Jewish groups that try to hunt these people down, right? That um, are abusing that uh, notion of aliyah. Right? A lot of times, they're ambassadors. <laughs> yes. Not kidding. I, I have uh, no doubt about that. Um, I have a should we say disturbing story about that from Tel Aviv as it goes hmm. I was in a club and look man I used to like rave music and dance parties and what have you and I I liked uh, you know what should we say getting you know in the spirit of <laughs> but um in Tel Aviv. Hey, I'm, as long as your wife is cool with it now, I'm, you know, <laughs> but, I'm not going to judge you. All right, bro. like dancing, but I liked chicks and, you know, but, and I knew that there was, you know, in the dance music type scene, there was just a lot of um, flamboyant types, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Right, I right? was in that world too, so. And um, so I'm in the, we used to go to this club all the time. It's a really famous club, and I saw some amazing DJs whilst I was there in Israel called Haman Seventeen, right? And it was it was awesome. I loved it, and um, used to you know be able to get in via Special the, K, the, the, the VIP weed, entrance, whatever. and yeah, I, I was. Um, position nicely in that particular place and um because of my girlfriend basically and she was uh from dagestan (laughs) but she looked fucking hot um but the um i'm sitting down just trying to just catch my breath and get a drink and what have you and and it's on like this other thing. And this dude sits next to me and starts talking to me. And he goes, oh, you're, you're from the UK? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm from the UK. And uh, he's like, my my father's the the embassy, the the head diplomat. What do you call them? Wow. The, I don't know. 
ambassador. Ambassador, right? That's the. It's that like he's the ambassador for. Um, and this was before they moved embassies to Jerusalem, obviously. And uh, you know, I'm just chatty as you want to do, and then I notice that he's sort of inching closer to me, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, it was sort of like this little um, cubicle. Show me, show me where he touched you on the ball. <laughs> he literally fucking grabbed me by the balls, and I cracked him in the face. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but it was just oh. straight up with it, man. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy, f like <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah well, I, I, I have a. I have a belief that the embassies are uh, that's that's where the diplomatic law comes from. They're uh, <laughs> they get they get up to all sorts of shit when they're in these different countries. And uh, how should we say? Wasn't wasn't the didn't the who was it the? I feel like Hillary Clinton was involved in something with the State Department where an ambassador. Is this the Israeli uh, ambassador that got came out with a bull gag into like some South American country, and uh, that was a funny one? Uh, well, there was there was one uh, like that, but I'm thinking about um, in Brussels. Is that where you United Nations is? Uh, or Brussels is EU. The mm. EU headquarters, right? I, I say that, but there's a lot of shit in Luxembourg, Brussels, and what have you. They're just small, neutral countries, and um, the. Uh, um, I want to say that there was a guy that was involved in the Clinton State Department, um, child pedophile. Mm. Um, but it seems a constant in that domain and 2013 an ambassador who became uh the target of an internal state department investigation of being accused of prostitution and pedophilia denied any misconduct uh yeah the accusation was that i think they the, the state department covered it up mm -hmm. um under hillary clinton's tenure and uh what's his name he, uh I presume it's a he. Let's see. Yeah, here's Politifact debunking it, so you know it's true. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, man. There's uh this I don't know how if, how we... if Politifact says it or I mean the only the only thing that makes it more true is if Snopes also agrees. Right, right. Um but who who was the um it's not Podesta, but he was like the, the speaker of the house in the Oh, in the... there was uh Dennis Hastert. Is it he was Republican, yeah. Yeah. Dennis and... Hastert was actually prosecuted, I think. Yeah, but he just got like a slap on the wrist and like again it was like a year sentence and he didn't have to go to prison and Yeah, he was he was uh I don't know, molesting or whatever he was head like a coach for a wrestling team. Mm, mm, mm. I thought he, speak, um, he was like some top. He was speaker of the house. Speaker of the house. And he was paying off his victims to keep to keep them quiet. But I think that they were suffering from a lot of uh, 
mental illness Mm-mm. from from what they had experienced and you know mm-hmm. it wasn't really um properly handled okay wow the the epsteins would just say well you know pay more or put them in the ground i guess if they're uh causing problems but yeah, yeah it's 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 in every facet of our institutions this is and i don't know how we again deconstruct that um and wind it back because how do how do you replace staff wholesale and one main t- or get a degree of competency to make sure that you're not being infiltrated again by the same sorts of networks that are out blackmail and free however the first two is is enough i I don't don't, i'm not sure what to do in this respect it it either seems incredibly militant or it's just a there's there's nothing you can do let let it implode but then so so I've, i've thought about this not not exactly the way not not from the position of pedophilia but um let's let's start at sort of a more basic so shocking thing so when uh the the guy announced that um when he went to congress they were doing cocaine and having orgies um i forget the it was sounds uh, chad (laughs) yeah congressman uh guy in a wheelchair um really really good looking guy he was invited to go to some of these uh oh yes yes yeah you know to to orgy you know Mm. let me (laughs) Let me tell you, if you're hanging out and uh, one of these 75-year-old dudes asks you to go to an orgy, just mm. say no. Mm. You're busy. Anything is out, else is going on. You don't look. An orgy is not a place you want to be with, uh, with uh, pretty much most of Congress. Right. But, but I think we as a society need to get over ourselves. Um, and recognize that these people are probably banging everything that, uh, every lobbyist Mm. that, uh, you know, puts a 21 year old, beautiful girl, Mm. um, slash stripper in front of them to get, uh, something signed and passed or whatever else we just need to, we need to accept that, you know what, these people are whores Mm, mm, and, um, and stop freaking out about it. For me, a lot of the solution comes in, in the political domain, term limits, right? You can't have, um, you know, Senate senators of states being in there for 30, 40 years. It encourages them to rig elections mm. and to stack the decks and to put people in office or to put, put people in positions of power like, you know, National Institutes of Standards and Technology. Mm. NIST made the decisions that laid the front uh, the framework for our election system software you know and those people are all i think a lot of obama people so mm. surprise when your election gets jacked nobody goes to nist and says why did this happen they just blame mm. one level up and they don't look any further yeah and the, or, or they don't or they don't blame anybody mm. they pretend it didn't happen and then they call pgp to say hey uh we got some anti-vaxxer mm. election deniers bundle that together get those people kicked out too mm. yeah yeah and um 
put a couple of tropes there. <laughs> election denier, anti-vaxxer. <laughs> I mean, the election, the, the fact that you say somebody is an election denier is like the funniest. I, honestly, if we're this stupid that we fall for this and don't get upset, I, <laughs> am I am I on the wrong side? Right. right. <laughs> I mean, because there's a point where it's like, if this doesn't piss you guys off, you know, so I, I think a lot about like society and, mm. you know, when they talk about the sheep and the wolves and shepherds and whatever else. Mm. Um, it seems to me that the majority of the people cannot handle reality. And, and that's not, um, that's not a criticism. I can tell you that my own personal experience, even though I was, I thought pretty savvy prior to say 2020, and I definitely was more cynical and I, and I knew that there were issues with government, whatever else, but, um, coming to, to terms with a lot of the darker aspects and how close they affect me and my family. Um, those, those things were hard for me to, to process. It was a bit like coming out of the matrix too old. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they don't like to do that because the mind can't handle the change. But I think in my instance, I had to go through it. So I get it right. People can't handle it. Mm. And, I think that maybe one one thing that's happening is that those of us who are becoming aware, um, a certain percentage of us will be the next leaders. Uh, because we're going to be aware of the fact that granny and grandpa and cousin Becky and whatever else, they can't handle the truth. And they cannot handle the reality. And they cannot process the fact that our government does horrible things daily mm. and that that is a process of government so that they can live their normal lives mm. uh, without losing their minds because there is an atrocity. However, when that system goes into something darker, like what it is right now, that, that system of uh, information control has has turned on its the on the people it was supposed to protect. Yeah, I have a problem with that. And again, that's and that comes back to this this war that I'm fighting right now. Or oh, it's a war, are, right? Um, yeah the the stories the stories that I'm telling. I mean, I'm exposing this because these people are part of the thing that has gone too far, and we're we're getting their attention. No, it's it's like. Uh, East Germany hmm? or Soviet era, I should say. It's not just East Germany, but you know, what, what did they find out at the collapse was that they were like, everyone was informing on everyone, right? That's, that's how they rigged the, and the fear that they'd induced into people. And that's, well, are, are they, really going that they're, they're relying on machines right now with respect to the the surveillance and making the decision but for sure there's still a human element right now mm -hmm. that that's a play that you're 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 showing and you know the the I, i've said this a thousand times already excuse excuse the people who are regulars here but 
it's telling that if we're if what we're looking at is tyranny 2.0 communism 2.0 um it's it has evolved from 150 years ago when it first when was marx 18 70 1880 i don't remember something like that um but that it as as a line of thinking and uh ev evolution as well in its thought process it needs to think about how it establishes its target goals its goal directed behavior and it's telling the um the idea of class and victimhood uh, essentially have been i will say they've they've been discarded they've been a means to an end right now and this is why you've seen the move into medical systems because at a at a control level aspect they know that you're always look try to have tranny story time hour eventually you know you're only going to get so far and you, you're going to have pushback just um immediately from from parents but what does everyone need medical 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 and you've got to be some top tier <laughs> baller to be able to navigate out of that system such that you you're not dependent on um even even i don't know millionaires multimillionaires they might still have a private hospital but they're still dependent on the same manufacturers, the same uh, drug companies, etc. They just might have a little bit more easier access and a um, a nice private room for the um, their hospital stay. Right. right. There's not that much difference, and they know that they can get far, far more people into in into that mechanism of control and. That element of um, weaponized do-gooderism, I guess, uh, for want of a better, can be dispensed very uh, or initiated very, very easily because you've got these individuals who are like uh, Wallen here on the screen. He's he's a he's a true believer in that what they're doing is the correct thing. They've got science behind it. They've got medicine behind it. And you can slot these people into these capo-like positions, right? And a lot of people look up to their doctor, right? And a lot of people even... It's, it's, it's nefarious because it even goes to the point where um, you're playing off people who have been helped by these systems and uh, are, aren't going to question it because they think that the nurse that they were dealing with, which that was a lovely, lovely person. She really took care of me, et cetera, et cetera. They, it, it's very difficult to see. She gave me all that remdesivir that made me better, <laughs> even though I got really sick afterwards. Mm. That's mm. how you know what's working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean... It's a, what the Florence Nightingale thing or whatever, or the um, Stockholm syndrome. Like their their abusers become, mm. you know, they they fall in love with them or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and look, like there are people who just want to live like that. 
there are people that drive around in cars with surgical masks on thinking that that somehow protects them from something <laughs> and they feel yeah. safe mm. and and it and it it's it's not a it, rarity here in japan yeah it's, it's well i mean it wasn't before covid mm, mm, it was um it was the norm but you know here, but. if if those folks want to live in their 15-minute cities mm. okay if they want to uh if they want to walk around with masks on all day oh okay if they uh if they want to get boosted into oblivion and spend the rest of their life on an eternal zoom call okay um but you can't mandate that you're going too far uh you can't you can't destroy their livelihood uh bec- another doctor because they don't agree with you um let the people that want that behavior find you and that's what we're going to expose so that they can find their people and then uh, wh- what we really want to do is dismantle this system of censorship so that the doctors and nurses and pharmacists, a majority of them, I believe, was majority, mm. who were terrified to speak publicly in 2020 because they knew that they were going to get taken out if they did. I don't want them to be afraid anymore. And these are my friends who you know, say, oh, I can't tell you that hydroxychloroquine works because it's too political now. And I'm a young researcher. I have a whole career ahead of me. Mm. Okay. So we need to take out, uh, certain other elements then, which first of all would be, you know, the role of pharmaceutical companies in policy. Um, that, well, you, you know, you know what I would, a good start would be the HR departments, nuke those. Right. Oh Yeah. Definitely HR. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that those departments. <laughs> um, but 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 you know you, you also have to unwind like let's de de dissension when we, when it comes to California and being an employer. You got to have like five hundred pieces of paper on the wall that nobody ever looks at. But if you're not compliant, they'll fine you. You know, um, there are all these silly things that we have to do that make just normal existence almost impossible and our tax code is ridiculous and you know it's, it, it it's really Cal- is- can you save california though I, I i don't know man if there if there was one place in the u.s that was just seemed <laughs> like it had already gone way way over the horizon with respect to um i mean dude you know, there, there are a lot of good people here. It's such um, a beautiful state as well. That's the... Yeah, I mean, where we are, uh, we're not in L.A., so we're outside L.A. in, in Orange County, so it's a little more conservative. Mm. Um, so, so you have a bit more of a, a golden cage <laughs> to live yeah. in. Mm. Uh, and, and honestly, dude, if, if there is a, like, there's a reason why everybody retires here. It's because it's beautiful. The weather's pretty much seventy degrees year round. Mm. Um, it's every the manic everything's manicured and taken care of, and it's a nice pretend society to live in. Um, the rest of the state, not sure about that. Mm. Um, but at the same time, if things get bad enough, 
you yeah, but, may have a resurgence of a push to the right again. Yeah, and again, there's this um, delicate balancing act where um, you don't you go too far right. Yeah, your rave clubs get shut down. Yeah, 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 and uh, and and nobody, you know, we live in Footloose, and that's no good. I mean, and and I and this was my first public speech. Actually, was about look what happens you know if the right side takes control they abuse that power if the left side takes control they abuse up the right side under reagan is how we got uh, the by doyle act which mm-hmm. you know turned turned uh Freaked science into a profit system mm-hmm. for federal employees the state employees and universities and stuff that's that's got to be repealed and and definitely at least changed to a certain point because that put that put universities especially research institution universities that took away the onus of hey giving the best education mm-hmm. into hey we're now we're now profit development profit. systems um yeah, so it's that's a huge mistake huge huge mistake to be doing that. Reagan brought in a lot of the other changes, the uh, vaccine uh, immunity, um, lack of liability for those things. Like, you know, he, he brought in Rumsfeld and faith aspartame. In, and <laughs> yeah, that faith in that the market's going to fix it. And the well, the, the problem was it was it was trying to introduce a market's concept into a public university system. Uh, which which by design is not market i mean if those if schools had to live off their money they make mm. and tuition and books i mean any kid that goes to school right now that has to pay a hundred dollars for a shitty book <laughs> should be allowed to punch the dean of admissions in the face i mean that or or, or at least you know use some trigger words in their presence mm. yeah <laughs> Uh, because I mean, guys, so honestly, it's a fate worse than death, right? Mm. Um, so, but like you have these like institutions that were never mm. designed to be self-sufficient and, and to a point, I don't think that they should. I mean, if look, when I was uh, at university, th- there was yeah. a, it, you could see there was still this old guard there that you know, it was post the post-war um, professors, etc., that um, sort of understood. That, and it was in that I was in that transition period as they started to, you know, get a, a PR department and the, all, all of and and fees started coming in. I I didn't have to pay for my university education, right? It mm. was it was free, and it was were you competent enough to? Um, pass that that was that was it and the i i i was i was lucky to see to get the benefits of the older system and um i don't know i don't think wise enough um but just i i could see where it was going and look i shamefully cast my vote for um tony blair in 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 the UK to get rid of those wretched Tories, <laughs> but that, I that, voted for Obama. <laughs> yes, 
But I, I once, once, yeah, I just did it once. <laughs> yeah, we're um, still living with that one. Mm. <laughs> mm. And um, you know, the, the, well, the '90s just seems we were so naive back then, and I. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can remember being, I was young enough to, um, I wasn't young enough to, or old enough to read and understand Chomsky's manufacture of consent. But as a teenager, I remember watching a well-made documentary about manufacture of consent. And I, I understood it well enough to be able to realize that corporate world was um and it's especially it's amalgam with um government etc was a very dangerous and pernicious um dissent not not Mm -hmm. dissension in this instance and and i guess i was and you know i you know my father had a industrial accident where he lost a hand because of negligence and uh um wow work and and so and that happened at sort of i was in my teenage years and that was that made me very cynical in my sort of later teenage years i I was problematic right as a as a um was it wasn't that i was stupid or anything but i became very cynical of schools and anything institutional anything i i right. would um be questioning it and you know i was uh i'd always been a cheeky student anyway or school kid student that's university but uh, yeah. you know i was and then i became I, I i got very cynical about it and i don't know if that was just the right mix for me to see this change and then i watched 9 11 happen and you know i was well into my um doctorate by then and the i could see that us and them argumentation being deployed in real time and i I was like i don't want anything anything to do with uh, that aspect but but i found a, a degree of sanctuary in the university system where as a school kid you were made to bend to the system whereas i went back as a older student because I, I, I left school as soon as i could <laughs> fuck exams i was out and i was um just doing a um a job any job yeah. i was working in a sheet factory it was like the precursor to amazon emptying the back of trucks out and hmm. um you know the my parents were still like well you know you've got you Ah, oh, that's poor me during that cynical, cynical uh, teenage years, and they. I, I went to university and I I grabbed that opportunity and I flourished in that environment where oh, me asking questions was suddenly a good thing to be doing, and there there was this and there was this more closer relationship to the professor and the student, right? Even even in the university, the undergraduate level, it was still like that somewhat and then that's changed and changed and they've raised that threshold to the point where literally you've got to be in like you have to have postdoc almost because the p 
PhD programs have become so inflated and there's so many kids coming into those um, those programs that they've, well, I was, I can't remember who, I was a friend and his brother was um, a lecturer in a university and he, he was like, well, the, the universities have become like holding pens for um, kids with problems instead of the kids having having worked out shit and then and then sort of um gone to university and used it in in a uh, the most appropriate manner and then we had that right. other convergence of um the wow wokeism came through the humanities right and that sadly was a a, a way to get in and undermine the uh, the institutes the academies at, at a at a very, I want to say aggressive is the wrong word, but I thought STEM would hold out longer. It didn't. Hmm. The STEM fields, and no, they 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 were morphed and forced by the bureaucracies of the universities to adopt all the all the tenants that were being pushed through um, humanities departments, right. and that that's where a lot of the rock gender studies and all that. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so now, you know, biological fact like male and female just got warped. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't um, even have that that discussion. And I and I remember watching it all going down. And um, I was I was very fortunate to come to Japan and be left alone. Like they were they were pretty honest with me. You don't speak good enough Japanese. You'll never be a, a PI in Japan. But um, you're good at what you do. There you go. <laughs> um yeah look after yourself support yourself and we'll we'll support you and and japan is still a very um patriarchal i guess um society it still has it's still very rigid somewhat and um it's kind of well it's it's inoculated itself against the, these worst predations and I don't know. I, I I watched. I watched from Japan what was happening in the West, and it yeah. it looked like insanity. Like it, it seemed like insanity anyway. Just got turned up to eleven when the um, the pandemic um, really slammed into the the people, and you know, would it have been better to? not say anything you know i was a vocal proponent of lab origin or going around everywhere saying that's got everything of that looks like it's from sloppy yeah. lab work and um maybe i should have just kept my trap shut in that instance maybe it would have been well... better just to be in ignorance and myths but well look i mean that you know the Yesterday's story, I have an interview with Todd Will, Todd Willen, where he was saying, oh, you know, these crazy anti-vaxxers, they believe all their crazy stuff, chemtrails, and, you know, they believe all the lab origin, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is pretty much a thing now. <laughs> um, you know, and, and this, was a, this was a point I was making in the story. is like, if you're wrong about this, what else are you wrong about? <laughs> um, but... 
but that's the politicization of medicine mm. that should never have happened. I, re I remember, I mean, the, the pandemic wasn't even really going and you had, uh, uh, some, some guy named Cleavon something, uh, uh, blaming it on Trump. Like it's all Trump's fault. Like, like Donald was in a lab furiously doing the wrong things. No, let me try this. And it's like, it's not working, Donald. More bleach. You know, like just just dumb shit. Mm -hmm. Like he had some control over the bureaucracy. And and none of these people were asking, like, what the fuck is wrong with our government that we have poured over over the years, probably at least a trillion dollars into this response system. And somehow the a bunch of interns in the White House are trying to coordinate mass deliveries? And you have Rick fucking Bright going and becoming a whistleblower because he wanted to stop the release of hydroxychloroquine into the streets of New York. And he had, and, he, and Rick Bright claims he'd never heard of hydroxychloroquine before March of 2020. This guy has a PhD in immunology from Emory University. He was yeah, it doesn't mean much now, does? not so much. He was uh, he was the leader, the director of our primary response to biological events and he never heard of chloroquine before march of 2020 but then when he was pressed under oath or at least to testify in congress he wavered a little bit after he declared that he'd never heard of it and said goes well i you know might have heard of it on news reports you didn't Fucking look! As soon as you heard about it, like you, oh, what is this? Let me should we get should we get some? No, no. His goal and his his goal with Janet Woodcock was to get that drug killed. And if they couldn't kill it, to word the EUA because initially they were supposed to release hydroxychloroquine to America from national supply, um, and from a donation from Bayer. Remember uh, who else donated? Who? Israel, six million pills. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you know, you had this uh, uh, these these pills that were supposed to be coming over, and uh, and rather than you know acknowledge it and let them be released because these are some of the most base basic medications in the history of mm. mankind, mm. Um, they they sabotage it. They sabotage it, and their jobs. Janet Woodcock's job was to, you know, streamline new drugs, approve new, approve new drugs, and Bright's job was to work with pharmaceutical companies to come up with new vaccines, new developments. And then, as you heard with Todd Wolin saying, well, the silver lining to COVID was it was going to show everybody how important vaccines are to society, uh, and that was that was what they wanted. And have you come into contact uh, with? Gorski yet I'm aware of him but I don't mm. know much about him he attacks a lot of people from what I understand oh yeah yeah um I, I pretty much avoid all that shit like I it, to me it's like you know a Presbyterian and a Baptist and a, a Methodist all fighting about prepositions in the New Testament mm. <laughs> now granted uh I know that you guys are coming to, from a point of fact, but it seems like a lot of these people are coming from a point of fiction. Well, you know, he like I went after him really hard because at the, he was one of the first to 
well, he was pre-positioned anyway um, because of his, uh, how should we say, science advocacy and anti-vaccine mm-hmm. advocacy. And he he wrote an article, literally he's still peddling, right, that there's about prion risk from um, the vaccines. And right. basically that his whole argument was based on fetal there's no fetal bovine serum involved in the manufacture of these gene transfection technologies. I, I, I remember at the time just sort of like hitting the, the roof and I was just like, this, is, this, is, this isn't good science communication or anything. This, is, this hasn't addressed what we understand about amyloidosis and um, the, the crossover with prion-like disorders, etc. None of that. And that, that's, that was, it was incredibly eye-opening to me to see that. And then, you know, a little, a little bit of Googling about Gorski and, um, oh, suddenly he's, uh, he's taking money from Epstein, his organization. Oh, yeah. uh, and, um, and Epstein was acquiring scientists. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I was telling you, do you, do you want to finish about Gorski? No, 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 I'm done. <laughs> Just say speed um, over Jason. That's it. So, so looking forward, I, I have this sort of, uh, documentary that i'm working on which is the 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 situation with hydroxychloroquine is part of it and the media response to it and everything else um and i think you know this was a documentary that it's sort of done initially in 2020 um no one was allowed to see it it was basically blacklisted um because it was i think part of just everything that was being blacklisted but uh, there were parts that I was missing. I wasn't trying to, to to discuss the science of hydroxychloroquine. I was just showing like it appeared to be working here. These were the death rates. They fell off when they started taking hydroxychloroquine. They went back up when it was restricted. So you could you could almost see like a graphic response. Mm. Um, but you know I'm no statistician, and and the last thing I should be doing is is probably weighing in on that. See, I, I, I remember do. At, at the beginning, yeah. uh, my concern was that um, th- that there was efficacy in quinine type drugs, but they would they would be looking to they've got another analog of it or something that it was going to be. You're going to have to take it all the time. That this was my initial concerns at the time that that yeah. you, you would be that was the power play being made by. Um, farmer, basically, right, and no, it turns out that it was well. I don't. I, my concern at the moment. I don't have how much been following the delve down the um, protein misfolding um, mm. rabbit hole, but there's this. It, so there's this issue around just the vaccine technology and the, you, you, you're essentially gene transfecting people to make these amyloidogenic peptide sequences and you're, you, we now know that there's a 20 amino acid sequence in there that is catalyzing for prion protein scrapey form. Okay, so now this, this rank accelerates, amplifies everything in terms of um, potential fallout 
that could could emerge from these um, interventions, these countermeasures that they've taken. And as I've been sort of following this work and as the publications have come out, there's been this merging with, uh, and you know, I, I'd heard of them, but I had never really paid attention to them, things called human endogenous retroviruses. Are you familiar with these? No. So, um, you, you know what junk DNA is, right? You have a concept of what that is. A little excess that doesn't uh, really do anything, but just... It's not a uh, excess, etc. So literally most of your DNA was what they would call non-coding. It used to be called junk DNA. When I was at university, that's, that's what it was, right? They sort of okay. teased out that there was a small region of your genome which codes for the proteins that we associate with life. And then there's a massive component of it that is again at the time we didn't know what it was and then we found and a good proportion of it comes from these essentially like hiv type viruses retroviruses okay. right and then about 10 percent of your genome is made up of these endogenous retrovirus genes and sometimes there are coding components usually as you have breeding pairs they'll get it will get mixed up and so and the body can silence these genomes through methylation and this is uh, a um it forms part of what they call the epigenetic um not signature but the, the, the you have genes and then you have epigenetics, which is dynamic changes in the chromosomes that are, are responsive to environmental stresses. And what th this work is coming out, and this is, and again, this is because I know, I know ab about it because it's part of my field, but I wasn't, I didn't do molecular biology. I was electrophysiologist and large, large brain interactions and that type of thing. And yeah. What I'm seeing now is that these endogenous retroviruses, if, if the science translates, accelerate the prion-like disorders. Okay, so you can have a, um, a culture system where you would test this and you can switch on or upregulate these human endogenous retroviruses. And they cause these prion cascades to amplify massively. And so this piques my interest. Um, I start poking around and then you know, find a primate study from uh, over a decade ago. 13 years ago now, I want to say. And in that study where they've taken brain isolate, mad cow, brain isolate, injected it into primate brain, they found that the, these human endogenous retroviruses upregulate as well. And so the obvious question then is SARS and uh, human endogenous retroviruses. Well, that ramps it up again. <laughs> and so here's, here's my concern now, which is what's, what's the power play from pharma 
which they could do, which is less the um, the, the the gene transfection technology. It's the fact that you can turn around and say to everyone, oh, we've literally just exposed you with the best of intentions. We didn't mean to do it. We thought we were doing the right thing, but we've gone and made you express these peptides and it, you don't need much of it right, to mm -hmm. start the, the catalysis. And everyone is walking around with these human endogenous retroviruses. Everyone. Right? It goes back in the evolutionary tree to um, monkeys, you know, old, old world monkeys. You can find them. And so my concern right now is, is if, the, if there's another, I can't see them doing an infectious disease thing and vaccine. I, I really can't. But wait five years and then turn around and say, and say, oh, we've already seen the increase in Alzheimer's, et cetera, and um, Parkinson's. Um, here, here, these are these long-term disorders. Forget, I'm not talking about cancers, et cetera, and that type of thing. That, that can be another thing, even though it involves protein misfolding in a lot of cases. But they can turn around and say, wow, you, you're going to need a, a new form of PrEP type treatment like they do for HIV. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have, and it's going to be a gamble whether you take it or not. Because you're going you're gonna to see the, the, the consequences from them, either the, the pandemic itself or gene transfecting people to, um, the broad array of uh, adverse events and illnesses. And if that would be a very malicious long-term weapon, if they were, if they, if they had that foresight to be able to see those pieces locked together in that fashion. And it was understood at, at least 15 years ago let's say you know the experiments were being done and yeah. if not more mm. Mm. i mean dude the 60s woo, mm. they really didn't have any breaks mm. yeah um it was it was you know madmen yeah if, if you think about what the ad industry was like holy shit mm. load it load yourself up with a bunch of coked up Nazis with brand new spanking American IDs, yeah, and a blank check and fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what, 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 where can't this stop? Would you say that um, diseases like um, multiple sclerosis would be a part of that? Yes, you're talking about yes, so, especially it's something that affects like um, myelin function, things like that. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's one of those disorders where these endogenous retroviruses have been strongly correlated. Again, I, I, I'm uncomfortable with the data right now because it might just be an adaptive right. response that that could be just part of innate immunity, etc. But um, it for sure seems to have a strong link with um, multiple sclerosis. And um, if you're to believe the literature... Uh, neuropsychiatric disorders, and and I mean, in you know, on outside, like I have 
I had to, I dug in pretty deep because I had a good friend who uh, had uh, Marie Tooth Charcot disease. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's exactly right. Yeah, but. yeah that's, how, that's how you say it. Um, Marie Tooth Charcot. Yeah. Okay, so um, that sounds cooler the way you say it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not that it's cool, but you know what I mean. Um, and so and I learned, you know, I had to learn about like how the how the electrical systems work in the body and that mm. sheath is sort of like the shielding of the cables so yep. to speak yeah and it's and, and with the, with the marie it's um yeah anyway i'm not going to tell you about the disease you know all about it but but you know if the, if those things i mean we we know that the diseases especially uh in theory viral diseases affect your dna slightly right mm. Like a little, it's like a, it's like your car gets dinged a little bit. Mm. Yep. Um, and they stick some, some part six with you, like, uh, herpes. Yep. I've heard, yep. uh, the gang, you know, it's in theory, and I guess this is the concept behind MRNA vaccines. In theory, you should be able to inject somebody with something that looks specifically for the DNA in the ganglia that herpes hides in and yep. eradicates it. In theory. In theory. But unfortunately, it's kind of like saying, kill all white bricks. <laughs> and releasing a gremlin that does all that Mm-mm. in Washington, D.C., and half the buildings get destroyed. Mm-mm. But, well, you did kill the herpes. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, everyone else is dead, too. And now you, you your host looks like the the dog man at the end of the fly, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> The issue again is so, so you get into um, oh what do they call it uh, damps, but um, essentially molecular mimicry, right? So there's sort of well there's a few couple of real primary issues. So there's molecular mimicry between viral peptides and human peptides, which kind of limits the idea of saying we're going to ramp up antibodies to an epitope and that's it that that's all we have to uh do to make an effective vaccine it doesn't doesn't really pan out that way and the other of course is that there are these um amyloid protein misfolding inducing epitopes as well and the problem with the these gene transfecting technologies it's not like if you just took a bit of protein that like the recombinant viruses or uh, peptides that they would use for vaccines or um, even like an inactivated virus and just put push that into muscle with an adjuvant you're they're essentially still sort of extracellular type responses that yeah, in theory if you want to believe it um, helps the immune system um, target a pathogen should it come into contact with it. Um, we've gone this extra step. Had the body express these, well, peptides that can molecularly mimic and also express, uh, have this potential to cause this misfolding. And then you've just gone and shot it through the body and we know it doesn't. Anyone that tells you it stays in the site of injection is just deluding right. themselves. And um, 
and we don't know what the long-term issues are. And that's that's at like the very bleeding edge of what we understand. And then there's plenty of other stuff which is, you know, you could say fell into canonical medicine that you, your family practitioner should understand the the basics of it. And, right. um, you know, so a good one, a good one being things like chloroquine. The family practitioner may not understand everything about chloroquine, but he he's got an idea that it works. There's a clinical body of evidence to use it, etc. And so you, the, he can hedge his bets if you turn up with um, a bunch of symptoms like malaria or lupus or something, whatever else they use. To treat you know what's brilliant it. about that though? Uh, even now, they really don't know how. Uh, quinine works or quinine as you've said it's i think it's quinine in america quinine <laughs> quinine is that it mm. well well uh, i don't know i don't know how americans say it but you, you you do butcher the queen's english so yeah um that's right left didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh so i just uh i sent you something in our private chat um this is this is going to be a lot of I cringe at the pronunciation. It's a rough cut. It's a little segment uh, on the military history of hydroxychloroquine. Oh yeah, I've seen. And uh, this is great. I shared it with you personally, but I, you know, I let it. I let somebody else uh, in an interview Monday show it. So okay. Um, I think just us kids. I, I doubt it'll reach a whole lot of people in the world. All right. Um, um, you want me to? Sure. Share it's that. a little four minute, four minute segment. Enjoy yourself, guys. Uh, the graphics are low quality, unfortunately. Um, um, everything you do, I think, just looks top tier, dude. Thanks, bro. <laughs> you too, man. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a it's a start. Let's do this, and uh, a lot of this was just stuff that I discovered uh, in 2021. Um, after having helped doctors try to, you know, connect with patients who needed hydroxychloroquine. Oh, actually, just uh, so this was a review that came up. I'll give this to you. But um, this speaks about MS and these herbs. Oh, so um, I was close. Yeah, uh, you can. That's paper. I'll, I'll send that to you whilst this plays. So let me just do this and this. And I'll mute myself. Mm. Um, I'm going to use this four minutes to run to the bathroom. But let's see. You have sound? What is hydroxychloroquine? Hydroxychloroquine is The derivative of chloroquine, one of the first malarial drugs invented. Chloroquine was created from a drug called quinine, and quinine is also credited as being the first drug created to treat an infectious disease. Quinine comes from the bark of the cinchona tree, which grows in South America. It was given to settlers from Spain in the 1600s and brought to the Western world as a cure for malaria. Eventually, Jesuit priests traveled the world with cinchona bark, so much so that it was commonly known as Jesuit's bark. In 1820, quinine was invented based off of cinchona bark, reducing the need for cinchona. That development opened the door of European exploration to all of Africa, considered at the time the white man's graveyard. 
due to how many Europeans died from malaria on the continent. In the 1860s, during the American Civil War, 80% of the United States money came from the southern states. So Honest Abe Lincoln and his advisors enacted the Northern Blockade to block cotton shipments from Europe, weapons imports, and quinine. Lincoln's goal with blocking quinine was to create as many sick and dead southern soldiers as possible. Because a sick soldier slows down an army and drains resources, this ultimately means that Abraham Lincoln was a practitioner of biological warfare against men and women, young and old, free and slave. Things were so desperate for the South that John Wilkes Booth, Lincoln's assassin, smuggled quinine to friends and family. In their desperation, Southern doctors searched for native plants and trees local to the South for replacement. The one that came up the most? The bark of a dogwood tree. When the information was provided to doctors across the South that they had a potential alternative, the doctors didn't use it because they felt it hadn't had enough clinical trials and didn't want to be considered homeopaths. Where have we heard that before? The role of quinine in war doesn't stop there. Thanks to Africa being opened up to exploration, European countries vied for colonies and power in Africa, creating rivalries that started World War I. By the 1930s, the primary locations for growing cinchona moved from South America to India and Indonesia, lands that would soon be cut off to the Allies. In World War II, the United States was desperate for a source of quinine in cinchona and returned to South America to build up a supply line chain to protect Allied troops. At the same time, Nazi scientists weaponized mosquitoes with malaria. The Nazis then conducted experiments on prisoners with these mosquitoes at the Chow concentration camp. Many of these prisoners were Jesuit priests. As World War II drew to a close, when United States and United Kingdom troops advanced on Rome, the German troops cut window screens of all the homes in the region, confiscated quinine from the residents, and released their weaponized malarial-loaded mosquitoes. The advancing Allied troops were ready and protected for quinine, cinchona, and uh, chloroquine. But the local population of Italians weren't so lucky. It glitched. Hang on. It seems okay now, I think. It's okay. It wasn't me. I didn't touch anything. I thought I did. Okay. But... <laughs> that year, there was a there massive spike in civilian casualties from malaria, a parting gift from the fleeing Nazis. Hydroxychloroquine and drugs like it continued to be important over the years, especially for military troops. In the 1970s, for troops in the Rhodesian Army, hydroxychloroquine was mandatory. Troops there were considered government property and would be brought up on charges if they got malaria due to skipping their meds. American troops overseas also take chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, or other derivatives of those drugs. One of those derivatives, mefloquine, has been implicated in causing post-traumatic stress disorder issues with troops that were stationed in Iraq. The issues surrounding mefloquine were so great that the drug received a black box warning, the FDA's most stringent warning possible. For centuries now, the restriction of access to hydroxychloroquine, quinine, and drugs like them has been a standard tactic of warfare. It was involved in the Civil War, World War I, World War II, countless smaller wars all across the planet, and most importantly, what one day may be remembered as World War III. We've spoken with numerous pharmacists, doctors, and PhDs 
and none of them knew the military history of hydroxychloroquine and quinine. It makes you wonder, what exactly are we teaching our medical doctors? Um, we are in, yeah, I don't think we're in everything that's old. Is, no, everything that's new. How does that saying go? We've been here everything before. Everything old is new again. Yeah, that's the that's what I'm looking for. You know, I mean, this is the same same playbook, man. Yes. When I, dude, yes. I, I got to say, after like having spent most of 2020 like trying to figure things out, having made a documentary about hydroxychloroquine, when I just kind of, I don't know, prayed about it or whatever else and just spent some time just sort of with the universe thinking about the Civil War and, I, and on a vacation in February of 2021. I come back in from um, from the beach and I sit down on my computer. My wife and girls were asleep, and uh, and I mean it was almost like it was waiting for me. There I'm finding John Wilkes Booth smuggled quinine, and when I saw the part about the clinical trials, I was like, "Is this a joke?" I I was like, you know how people are like, "I'm being hacked and somebody's stalking me or some shit." Like mm. it was like that level for me because I was like, "I'm somebody's." I was like, "Somebody's clearly fucking with me." Mm. <laughs> They, in the 1860s, they didn't give a shit about clinical trials. Come on, mm. um, but it it's it's what it says, and uh, and even even the stuff about uh, you know Lincoln was a shock, and and I had just spent, you know, I didn't do anything illegal, but I connected patients who were sick and desperate for HCQ to doctors willing to prescribe and to pharmacists willing to either dispense locally or ship. And so to come out of that, um, and I and I had this innate anger at Fauci. Like I was so pissed off at that guy. Um, yeah, but it wasn't just initially. it wasn't just the U.S. right. France was taking it off the shelves. The French guys knew some shit was up. Yeah, that started in October. Mm. Yes, of 2019. Yes, yeah. So so you know, there's we're trying to identify how far back to this go and hopefully predict what the next steps are what what's what's going to happen next mm. i mean it's this is this is just some really fucked up shit that we're in and and uh i, I we have to think about you know let's think about what do we want for society and for our lives like I, what would i like do i want a world where we don't pay taxes well I don't I don't think that's exactly how you've got it works. to render unto Caesar, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean we need we need some stuff and, and then you have another reality is like there's so many people whose livelihoods are oppression. They they're part of the red tape of the government. Mm. I mean a significant number of people in the United States take government jobs and not all of them I would say are lazy or whatever. There's a lot of them are very important. However, there are a lot of jobs that are just kind of paper pushers. Red tape exists in the government. We've always known about it. And what would happen to those people if, if they were suddenly required to become viable in the marketplace? You know, that, that's, a, that, that's a disaster waiting to happen. So, I mean... Is it though? Is it? I mean, it's because we've convinced ourselves that you're supposed to be 
<laughs> you could go back a couple of hundred years and your feudal existence would have been, well, you've got to sow the crops and harvest the crops. And much of the time it was, it was far, far easier. <laughs> living. Well, maybe, right. maybe, maybe what I'm thinking about is um, we need a lower threshold of It need, it, okay, so where I grew up, you could live in a rented trailer in a trailer park for about 150 bucks a month. And with that low threshold required to be able to exist and have a bed and electricity and a TV and whatever else, a place to put your bong, um, you didn't have to work too hard. You didn't have to get a job slaving in the mines or um, whatever horrific existence i mean you could you could farm and you could sell your crops and whatever else but we've created this thing now oh well you can't buy you can't you can't reseed your soybeans you can't do the things that allowed you to be sort of self-sufficient as a farmer um and i and i think i think that's part of this this devolution thing we better look at what devolution means because it may mean something completely different than what i'm just ascribing it to but, uh, to me, means devolve, um, but to well, to, become... to unwind a little bit. Not so much evolution in terms of our cognitive ability, but of our societal control. I've got I've got about six keys that are just sticky. So, what are you doing to that keyboard, Kevin? Uh, it's nice, but it's my first ever <laughs> mechanical keyboard. But because I'm I'm such a noob with it. Apparently, right. it's a thing that these little um, micro switches stick, but yeah. it's one where, like, apparently, proper mechanical keyboards you can take those things out. And mine are no, it's not like that. I got ripped off, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I've got to. And the thing is, they're expensive. <laughs> I've got used to it now, and um, um. I'm kind of kind of sold on the feel and what have you and the the sound, but yeah, um, I'm not cooming all over it if that's what you're implying, sir. So. Oh, hey, look, I you know I, I, you like to party and rave. I'm not judging. Um, so I say in the chat, the, twenty dollar mechanic. It wasn't twenty dollars. Now it was half price, which should have alerted me to it. It's a for those that are. It's a G. Logitech something, a G six one three Logitech logical something like that. Um, it was like it was one hundred and forty bucks or something like that. But it was, it was like half price. I was like, oh, grab that. Um, um, probably spilled vape juice on it. They're saying um, that could be a possibility, but yeah. <laughs> I've tried cleaning juice. it. I can't take can't take the things out. Replace them. So, how how are they with the vape vape stuff? And so this is not legal in Japan. Um, I can buy it. I can have it shipped over, but you cannot buy. It's not weed, right? No, 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 no. It's just nicotine juice. God, oh my God! If I if I any any whiff of cannabis, <laughs> you get you'd have SWAT team through your window. really yeah it's and it's weird because they used to have very much a hemp weed culture and then after after the second world war when they lost 
hemp was made hemp products were made illegal and they were forced to replace everything with oil based products that was part of the um wow the the I don't think I'd do well in Japan <laughs> I'm old enough now that um sobriety is um it's welcome I guess um uh how do you say it? I I wasn't kind to myself in my <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm not going to judge too much. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that's a shame about Japan. <laughs> yeah, but it's my desire to visit. But so, do you make your own uh, propylene glycol? And no, I can I can order it as so long as I don't buy. Um, I haven't what the limit is, but it's, it's it's an I don't smoke enough smoke vape enough in the. Um, monthly period that i i would be getting flagged is, is there nicotine in there yes yeah yeah but the thing I is used to, i used to vape with nick nicotine in it so but cigarettes here are still like four dollars a pack hmm. they're they're cheap and um they've they've even got like a i don't know if, if it's just a japanese thing but it's kind of like a it's not vaporizer. What do you call it? But it kind of heats the tobacco leaf. And oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like a volcano. Yeah, but it's like you—they're almost sort it's of like roasts a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And you can buy them, and they're—they're they're, they're much smaller than this. And you—you you get like a cigarette in it. I'm not. Yeah, it's a, it yeah. looks like a cigarette, but without the filter. And you put them in there, and um, you can. You can do that. Stores, stores in Bickle uh, makes a volcano, which is like the weed thing with the bag. Mm -mm. I've heard. And uh, let's see, what do they call that? I forget the name of it. Goddamn California and weed, man. There's some goddamn sorcerers out there with uh, <laughs> what they're doing to that weed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. Allegedly, you can just like order, it's like ordering a pizza now. Look, man, um, I went there and got a medical card when I was there. And, um, that was my thing. I, I don't know. I've, I was never a fan of narcotics, but psychedelics was my thing. I liked that mm. sort of change of pace of thinking. Um, and to me, I'd sort of, I, I'd hit a, a peak in life where you could go down the coastline from the Bay Area, just out there. Now, I used to have this little spot outside Santa Cruz that wasn't, many people didn't know about it. And you used to be, you had to climb down some cliffs and what have you to get in the, in this little alcove and this little sea cave. And right. I would just go there and um, just get lit, man. <laughs> It was fucking awesome. The yeah, that's wonderful. The sound of the waves and just the how I, I was. Uh... <coughs> Look, man, I can bike twenty be twenty minutes to the beach, and it's amazing. Um, there's a lot of good stuff about California. I don't want to give up on it. Mm. A lot of good people here. Mm. Um, and, and you know, my friends on on the right, righter than me, and lefter than me. 
I'm, I try to, I think of myself as more in the center, but um, the ones on the left, I don't, I don't think they're bad people. Some of them, I think they're just, they're just captured well, by the delusion, right? Look, man, the jackpot was either coming with the steel toe caps or the the rainbow uh, accoutrements, and it just th- this go around. It's coming with rainbow on the on the jackboot. Um, it could easily can easily go other ways, um, but right. The, the U.S. is at a um, border shed moment, I think, and. Um, I'm praying that um, it can talk itself through these issues and wind back some of the more egregious um, corporatism, I guess. Well, and that's and that's what going back to the source. That's what the problem created by public good projects in the censorship industry have have done. They've damaged our ability to have that discourse. And social media, uh, it seems to have, it's done its own thing, right? Like we do all this work every day on Twitter. And what does it actually do? I mean, we're, we're just pissing up a rope here. It's, I mean, it's not even a rope. It's, we're pissing up a digital whatever. Uh, Robert Malone and Dr. Mary Bowden both shared some of my work. In the last 24 hours. Oh, nice. You would not know it looking at the hit counts on the website, which are almost non-existent. There's a system that is shadow banning and throttling and freedom of reaching specific topics. And apparently I've I've crossed into that. I guess I am over the target, as they say, so much so that I'm not just being... Uh, attacked or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being rendered invisible. Yes, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, like I say, I smacked into that very early on, in, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just, I, I don't know what you can do in this respect. Like, I, I, I basically just try and have a bit of fun mixed in with trying to do what would be, what I would consider my. Hippocratic oath in the science domain, which is explore the the data as well as I, well, I say well as much as I can, and you know if that if that means talking about prions endlessly, then okay, so be it. Um, I, I'll I'll do that. But I don't think look the fact that we're talking is a miracle, right? Right. That the technology. Being... It looks good. Yeah, I mean, despite my face on it, you do. But like, you know, it's it's it works, man. Mm. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah. And in in this instance, look, where where are we heading? What's the thing? Nothing. Everything old is new again. <laughs> that's that's right. the word, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the what you show in that five minutes of just essentially, it's still that. Um, what's that book? Gun, guns, Germs, and Steel. Jared mm-hmm. got the name of the author, but you know, like twenty-five years ago, that was a big, big deal, and um, and sort of how we've got to the point of where we are. And yes, those those elements are still at play. And what's next that they can do? Well, 
I, I don't know, have, have got financial collapse because they've got to change the monetary system somehow, right? So they've got to implode mm -hmm. it. And then the other is, well, you go, you go the tried and trusted way of managing the population, which is um, you light everything up, the good old multi-continent war and um, drag. Well, I mean, if they're going to just, if they're just depopulating us um, at the end of the day, if people don't listen, at least I tried, we tried mm -hmm. to, we tried to give them a heads up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for some reason, despite the fact that we're on the outs with this system, uh, we do have a very narrow but survivable path that we're walking on right now. Mm -mm -mm. So there's that. And, and uh, I'm pretty vocal and definitely being an, an asshole as much as I can be, despite the fact that I have, a, you know, uh, a small audience. But my mom says it's big. Um, <laughs> hey, let me show you something funny. That, and, and I'll, sh <laughs> I'll show you something. Uh, can you open up your browser and go to Yelp? I can. <laughs> My mom said, that's all kinds of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, shit. I, said, I, wish I, I wish I had the the memory to uh, retain it. No, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> Yelp, you said. Yeah, yeah. Yelp.com. And uh, if you would, uh, screen share it so you can show your big audience. Right, uh, they see the screen. Um, you can't great. Okay, right great. now. So oh, that's fine. I don't need to see it. You don't, you um, don't need to see it. Yeah. Uh, go to Yelp again okay, and then uh, and put in Atlanta as the uh, location. Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Just that Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Now type in Centers for Disease Control. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be funny. <laughs> I love a good Center joke, for man. Disease Control. Did I? I Centers. I Centers. Oh, okay. Nothing. Atlanta, Georgia. All right, let me share my screen. I'm, I'm doing something retarded. I'm watching it. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, but let me send you. I'll I'll text it through the Zoom chat. What did I do wrong though? I mean, I got to Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, you typed in. The, you're typing in the address or the location. Oh, uh, you need to type Centers for Disease Control. Oh, just in this. Atlanta goes on the right, and then Centers for Disease Control goes to the left. I went in the side that didn't have Japanese. Um, that's my reflex here. Just ah, I see my sticky keys. Look, <laughs> I get about six S's in there. Centers for disease control. Right. Yeah, oh, it's still doing it. Come on. Is that a lisp? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just pleased to see me like the. Uh, 
ambassador's <laughs> son for and now you just need a now you need an s at the end of sinners now go hey <laughs> 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 Touche, bro. How did you manage that? I just little little just old school trickery. Um, you know, these sites that are desperate for metadata uh will let you tag anything. So I just went outside the FDA building and <laughs> <laughs> It's the it's the first fucking picture of the CDC. That's, that's do you understand hilarious. how friggin' funny that is? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! I love a good joke, and that's a great one. Yeah, that's top tier trolling, dude. I'm I'm a top tier <laughs> troll. I recognize trolling when I see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's been here for over a year. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, Quite. like I'd, it just shows you how, how, like, we're, we think we're fighting as some advanced thing, but it's really just tone deaf. Mm. They're, they're so far away from the rest of the world in their ivory towers that they aren't aware of the jokes going on right in front of them. Yeah. How, how do I give that a boost? <laughs> I want it to stay there. Uh, you just make it helpful if you want, I guess, but it's, it's really just, uh, uh, you have to sign up for all that bullshit, but yeah. that's pretty. I mean, it doesn't need any boost or anything. It's not about likes or whatever. It's just data, so it's gonna live there until somebody reports it. That's fucking great, man. <laughs> so I did. I did more than that. <laughs> okay. I, got, <laughs> I went um, all over Orange County and and maybe even the country <laughs> doing that in Great. front of all the local hospitals oh. and uh, uh, UC Irvine School of Medicine, um, you know, whatever I could think of it, especially if there was like a place where I knew there were assholes, mm. definitely, definitely I would do it there. Mm. Um, there was, in fact, there was even like one that lived uh, for six months on the street across oh, the, the street sign from itself. A, <laughs> yeah. From, from a UC Irvine or whatever thing. And, uh, and a friend texted me about it. She's like, I can't believe this. I just saw this. And I was like, wow, wow. Yeah. Talk right. about, I mean, but people would go and rip it out of the ground. Like my, I have one in front of my house. And a board member on my HOA, his wife, I caught her on camera ripping it on the, out of the ground and throwing it down. Mm. Um, and then I showed the HOA. I tried to show the HOA. And then I did a story about it and all this other shit because I was so pissed off at him. But, mm. you know, a lot of the neighbors avoided us for the last year because of that sign. However. Oh, you, that's, a, that's a business idea for you, dude. I, well, yeah, I sell them, but nobody buys them. Um, but you know, like that, uh, that, uh, yeah, if you're not marketing it right, around. you need to, you need to put it neighbor repellent. Um, right. Well, I, I want to make, um, some 2024 signs like 
like to, at the level of like the sloppy Joe. Yeah, that uh, would be. <laughs> I just, I just see the, like a <laughs> look of a bend in his face, like the sloppy Joe is self-lubricating. Yeah, what the? You just have that uh, weaponized um, humor. N- no, the someone will say they thought of sloppy Joe first, and uh, that they'd want that that the lawfare would come in and. Right. Not <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's just. Uh, it is At least you know it wouldn't but... be Saturday Night Live, anyway. No, definitely not. Mm. Um, but but like, I want to make like slightly insane um, political signs for twenty twenty four. Like, I'd rather die with Joe than live with Trump. <laughs> And then have like a picture of Joe Biden with like a nuke going off behind him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I, for some reason in my head, I see, you know, the Bram Stoker's Dracula scene where oh, Nos- um, the, the Nosferatu fingers. And- <clears throat> yeah, well, well, it was the one with um, British actor who was in who was Commissioner Gordon Batman. Oh, uh, yeah, that was fun. <clears throat> Gary there. Oldman. Yeah, didn't that have um, Keanu Reeves in it? And yeah, and Winona Ryder and Winona all that. Ryder. Yeah, oh, I used to have a crush on Winona Ryder. When that I was, was such a great, you know, that was a great movie actually when it mm. came out. Mm. If I recall correctly, Francis Ford Coppola made it so that he could have income to buy a winery he wanted. Uh, yeah, I've been to that winery and met the. <clears throat> I can't remember. It might have been the daughter answers mm. for Capola, but um, yeah. Just I mean, the... just it was amazing about that is that this dude made this great movie, and that movie was great from a visual effects standpoint because he used a lot of practical effects and like camera winding tricks, mm. filming and replaying in reverse and shit like that, so that you know people would have unnatural movements. Mm. Um, it was so good. Like he did a he did a great movie. And then to hear that this great movie that he made that I may even cry in, um, uh, he just did it so he could fucking grow some wine. <laughs> I love it's it. All right, right, wine, but it's it reminds me of the whole uh, Saturday Night Live thing with Will uh, William Shatner when he's at the Star Trek convention making fun. You guys are worshiping something I did as a lark in the sixties, <laughs> you know, and it was their whole life. There's a there's a good riff on that. Um, what's that called? And it's got Winona Ryder in it. Where it's the the oh god, what's that movie called? But basically, they have to keep going to conventions. It was like famous in the sixties, and they're they're right. caught, and then literally they get taken by aliens. It's actually quite a funny movie. Um, oh, uh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, it was a great movie. It is one of the best. Yeah, I got, that that was another one. Aliens, when I saw that, and uh, Winona Ryder's Panty Bulge. Getting it, get out. I broke the VCR, rewinding, and the old mechanical VCRs. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess we're in a good spot. It's bedtime for the kids. Winona Ryder's Panty Bulge. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> 
yeah we we've we've hit the we've hit the wall but uh <laughs> it was a good chat man yeah man always i love it <laughs> yeah you know i like i like the ones where i can just sort of hang out we're not like rushed to try to Mm-mm. get to some point and also uh we can have a little bit of more like chill experience mm-hmm. hey let me ask you um off topic on anything but mm-hmm. what do you know about anthrax and rhodesia uh not a great deal i mean my understanding is anthrax is pretty much everywhere um but did they test it in rhodesia or use it in rhodesia when yeah the, in the rhodesian war i think it was used a little bit i'm just i'm just curious about that and also as a as a brit what did you what was the education when you were growing up about rhodesia was there any um, sort of well you know when i was growing up there was still a degree of there wasn't this woke um anti-colonial tyranny that that's yeah and so the um we it was there but there was still very much a lot of um pain i think and you know i was a you know it wasn't 20 less than 30 years after the end of the first world war where people were still traumatized after the second world war and it hadn't been that long that um uh what do you call them vouchers and uh yeah where you where you could get the ration cards that's the word oh, i'm wow. looking for um hadn't been hadn't been that and so people would just talk about how um there was it was front and center in my sort of growing up and also this um the the empire sort of imploding was uh came up a lot and you know we um and i i don't know i guess it was empire in decline i suppose and yeah um resentment about it yeah yeah i think and yeah that's that's kind of the atmosphere i grew up in and um plus you know i was I was in that mix of where all those uh all those migrants were coming from, and you know mm-hmm. i I saw it changing and you know what seemed like an ultra stable um environment for myself because it was it was purely a product of the second world war, but then um you could go back a couple of decades prior and um you'd have had people complaining about polish and Italian um people being in that neighborhood i guess and um so uh, i i don't know anything about i've heard the rumors of that they might have used it but the there was a there was an understanding i think um pretty early on that you you don't do that type of thing would would the people in rhodesia have done it because they saw it as existential threat sure perhaps yes um we know about the project coast and um what south africa was trying to do um Mm. in that period and you know i'm well so the the reason behind the question is um i'm in talks to do a direct a film about the rhodesian war the bush Mm. war Mm. 
uh, which was, you know, 1966 or whatever to 1980. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I stumbled across this anthrax background history and I was like, Whoa, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, to a greater extent, it made me think about the benefits of an advanced society that is a minority coming into an area and educating the indigenous majority. Mm. What, what real benefit does that provide the minority other than inevitable destruction? Mm. And I, and I don't, and I don't mean that is like a, you know, that's what you should like, but like, yeah, we should still be over there uh, with the whip hand well, over them. <laughs> well, you know, like Rhodesia didn't have apartheid. Mm. Um, their army was 70% black, 30% white, all volunteer. Mm. So, I mean, it, it, it was a very safe and stable country and it drew people, f- refugees from other countries to its safety. So, I mean, there was a society created by, oh shit. Hang on a second. My headphone just died. Um, okay. But I, I can just I can hear you. But uh, you know, it was it was this society that was pretty stable, and for all, for lack of a better way, it was it was pretty good. Except once, especially once the black people got educated, they realized how unfair it was. Mm-hmm. You know, they learned like, oh, I'm not going to get a job at the bank because I'm not white, mm-hmm. and uh, it became more and more complex as a as a society because of that disparity right so so my my question when i ask that is like you know was it really um whose best interest was it in to take a person out of his tribal society that was a culmination of his society right like that's what that's what they were the chief made the decisions. Would it have been better to just let, let, you know, allow those two things to exist separately, but just don't let them kill each other? Uh, but, but at the same time, you're going to have the minority displacing the majority so they can build roads and buildings and churches and mm-hmm. hospitals and whatever else. I don't know. So anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm, the, the best example you have right now is what's happening in Niger in um the where gates by the way is pouring like a billion dollars into uh, gates not anymore <laughs> oh but he did he did okay yeah i went through all of the uh gates donations this week in history and he's gone given out about 82 billion dollars um and at least uh 300 million like a couple of different things in niger but uh what's happened in niger Oh, they've they've basically had a um, coup d'état, and mm. the issue has been that much of the northwest of Africa, the African continent, are ex-French and Belgian colonies, and um, those uh, those snooty French were able to ignore things like uh, the previous Zog War in the middle east because they were energy independent with respect to oil and uh but they were getting um much of their nuclear fuel from niger and those Mm. regions and um they're well they're they're gearing up to 
basically go to war in that region again. Um, great. Um, that works I, out great for everybody. Mm. I, um, I, I don't yeah, know what that looks like, dude. I, 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 don't. I was just, I was just curious, you know, because Rhodesia was one of two countries that declared independence from the United Kingdom. Mm. Um, but yet they were very much tied to the, to Britain until things kind of went south. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and then, you know, and that's, that's the other side of this story, right? Like how many people aside from the children of his wives are going to be like, yeah, things sure did work out great for us. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and then now you have the, the South Africa farmers kill the boars, kill the farmers thing mm. going on. Mm. There's, there's problems down there. And, and I, you know, when, when I think about doing a documentary series, it's like, well, or a documentary film on this kind of subject that's not really my wheelhouse, but I'm thinking about nation building, right? Mm -hmm. That you look back at a disaster and you think, well, how could it have been fixed? And it, I can understand the perspective that time is what was needed to go from A to Z. Uh, because as soon as it hit Z, right? Mugabe takes over and it, you know, there were mass killings and, and things like this going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, and corruption, inflation, and everything just fell apart when it, it, in theory, should have gone the other direction. But also you had communists there. Mm, yeah. uh, so they they were surrounded and basically attacked by North Koreans, Chinese, and Russians who were, I guess, almost treating it like a Vietnam. Mm. They were training troops, you know, honing battle skills, whatever else. Mm. But the Rhodesian army was badass, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but what, what the the anthrax you see them all running me. around in their shorts and i love yeah so some of the some of the guys that i'm working with are, are uh were former rhodesian armies and mm. that's mm. we we've discussed the shorts i mean the the unnatural repellent of gravity <laughs> i couldn't wear one of those ever like i don't i don't know like i think they were naked a lot but um, just the I don't know. My idea of Africa is just um, you, you, you need to be covered up because you're just going to get stung or bitten by something. Right. And instead you've got these dudes <laughs> running around Magnum PI shorts, <laughs> right? which every other step is going to be a ball sack experience. Yeah. <laughs> like like every you're like whoa you just mm. expect one to fall out at some point i don't know <laughs> right. i don't know how that's feasible i'll have to ask nick how that well works. I, I would um, um. <laughs> I, again the a, a lot of that was based on how should we say the british upper classes and um no doubt there was some degenerate officer type who just thought that they <laughs> Those, those shorts looked fantastic. I told the, the producers that we need to market uh, these shorts <laughs> with the film, right? Um, because it's just, wow. Um, but uh, to my point before we'll get out of here, but uh, the interesting concept behind, whether or not it's even true, just uh, is what I need to explore and find out. The idea that uh, Rhodesia would use anthrax um, and poisoned food supplies that they knew would get stolen or something like that and then brought back to a 
village and eaten by the bad guys. Um, it's interesting to me. It's, it's what happens when a country is in its last throws, right? Yeah, it's a weapon ex- of last resort. Yeah, existential threat. And um, the did the deep state of a, of the United States feel an existential threat when Donald Trump came on board? Mm, that's a tough one, actually, because uh, Britain is so. There's a small. Um, Brexit. Brexit is putting, I mean, that kind of put the EU in an ex- existential threat, right? To, to a degree. And um, much of the move towards, Bre- I, I, hindsight being 2020 now, um, Brexit, I think, was part of the positioning for this um, war that you're seeing on the continent right now. And um, I think that they're they're ready for it to expand across the European continent. And Britain you mean more being, sovereignty or more EU? Um, that it has the potential to spread into EU countries. Now, whether Article oh. Five can be invoked, I'm I'm not so sure. That's the case. I, I, everything that I'm seeing right now, the decisions being made look hor- horrendously short-sighted. That right. They might be just trying to implode things like United States, things like NATO, th- th- like the organizing principles that we've, we sort of grew up with because they've got to birth new systems and control systems that w- whatever intermensure left after the harvest... Or, yeah, harvesting, I guess, yeah. the, the culling. Um, they need some way of um, keeping them in check. And, um, yeah, I think I think some of the long-range planning from Britain... Britain is a... There's a dark heart at the centre of Britain in that square mile of London yeah. that, that goes back centuries and centuries and... Um, they're, they're, they do all kinds of nefarious um, shit. And, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know where it ends up. I, like I say, I think COVID essentially is pretty much done. That was the opening salvo. Now we've got a brace for what comes next. And um, that, could, that could be anything from... Just think, people... If the internet, just the internet went away overnight just think how many people would lose their minds i think it'd be amazing uh many people do but think of people initially (laughs) i think it could have longer term benefits yeah go back to reading books and shit i remember uh, about a year and a half ago the power went out on a sunday afternoon and uh without tv or internet or phones really working right everybody just walked out of their house and we were all looking around at each other like mm. hi <laughs> i'm john is your internet working no I, I, mine isn't either mm. no and and it was uh, it was awesome now probably a lot more pregnancy in that world yeah yeah you get bored mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that, that's that's this issue of the double edge of technology, right? Um, yep. You know, as a as a youngster, I used to think contraceptive pill was amazing. I'm right. Not so, I'm not so sure anymore. I know. Um, that's a that's actually a concern. Um, because the people that are having babies, uh, I, well, that's, that's a, that's a slope. I don't, I shouldn't go down. Um, because I, I ultimately think that the force of the universe that is good wants more growth. Mm. Um, but I do recognize that sometimes you have to prune your trees or you'll have rotted, rotted branches. Yeah, but look, man, there, there's a class of people, and it, it's closer to the surface in Britain, I would say, where th the upper-class type mentality was there, and us <laughs> hoi polloi had to know our place. <laughs> right. You would, uh, and the, the United States was a push back against this idea that you had a lord and uh baron right. by a... birth mm. that somehow this inbred wanker right <laughs> and they are <laughs> hemophiliac man. is your superior they are uh, <laughs> um uh, hide the hide the sharp things <laughs> the lord's here it's it's not so much that you, you know what they become Degenerates, dude. Yeah. They, they become degenerates. That's the thing. And, well, I think you're... You're bored. You're wealthy. Mm. People do what you want. Mm. You're, you, you have no motivation because you're born into the apex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who was it? Was it you that was telling me about this with um, moneyed families? They were doing studies on... Which which families managed to keep their wealth? Maybe it no, was it wasn't someone, me. Someone else, but I need to I need to learn that. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember what the but the, the, the basically the key was that they just inbred is the across generations. Those those are the ones that managed to keep um, wealth and power inbreeding <laughs> and. It oh. all comes down to those endogenous retroviruses and the uh... right. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you go, dude. Uh, yeah, so... man, that was good stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you guys follow me on Twitter or don't. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, yeah, if people don't listen to me. It's all right. Um, um but you're, you're doing great work, man. Um, Thank you. You too. I mean, it, you know, it's, I would say the nice benefit is that I've connected with a lot of people like you that I never would have. And, and I definitely kind of needed that, um, fresh air of people, you know, that otherwise I would have considered civilians, right? Mm -mm. No offense. But when, you know, you know how it is when you're in like a specialized field, television is one, um, you're, anybody that's not in that world, you don't know how to deal with them. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's been really good for me as a person. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not, I'm not like, I, I was only driven by motive, like by ambition and career and just to grow the business. Like that was my full focus. And uh, I did things on the side to help, but, but I was always chasing this thing that wasn't there in that industry, the way it was. So now, even though there's no money in it, I'm making content and I'm getting better at it. I'm writing articles like this is this is like my grad school for communications or even a PhD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say my articles are the best. Sometimes they you jump <laughs> my my consciousness when I write these things because look, I mean, you're doing it in like three or four hours, no copy editing. You're mm-hmm. you're just running, right? Um, but there's just I've so got much PTSD data. from that type of uh work now writing well um the, to, I, to, I can take the piss out of it is what i can do yeah like <laughs> like like these i think i think of these stories not necessarily as like you know news as much as um uh an accurate representation of data mm. right uh for some of these people profiles that aren't glorified or uh, ad ad sales driven and they're not um you know sponsored by this they're not they're not because i went to that school and got my phd there it's, it's just what i see as a citizen uh and the things that i encounter and find and um i i try to i try to give them the benefit of the doubt when i can but there are some like with most of these like you you, you go into it and and you think it's like an onion, right? And you you peel the one layer off. And you're like, oh, great, there's the onion. And you're like, fuck, there's more to it. <laughs> there's just layer well, after you, layer. You made a very important point at the beginning, which is at this stage still, we need to be providing outs for these people to just say, okay, um, there's still time before the pitchforks and torches emerge, um, I think. Yeah, if they're going for a full systems collapse, that for sure is on the cards. And then, in, if that's the case, um, then this type of divisive um, event sets up the the sides, as it were. And, um, I think I think that probably the majority of them would like this to end, but there are some that that get real pleasure out of it. And uh, and for some reason they're not called Karens, but that's kind of what they are. Mm. Um, overbearing, and, and 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 they've they've just lost their way. Like I don't know how do we get back to that world where everybody has their own beliefs and we don't demand that everyone else accept them. Mm. And if you don't have a thick enough skin to handle somebody making fun of your wife's boyfriend's dress Mm. then um (laughs) you know like maybe you need to rethink your life choices yeah yeah. uh if you can't live with them um so anyway we've got a lot that we're trying to figure out as a society and uh, i hope that i hope that we can de-escalate but that might also involve more revelations yeah yeah. And dude, there's some shit that we've seen in some of these rooms that are bad, real bad. And, I know th- uh, th- there was one list where I'm I'm the leader 
with respect to they were keeping the they were keeping lists of who they'd taken the accounts they'd taken down and i'm in there right at the top by a long margin oh they just wanted to get you shut down <laughs> yeah anything but I, w- I would be such an obnoxious dick online um well just... it happens i would i would get into fights at first and then i realized that there's no point mm. well I don't at know. least for me Look, I see a, I see a broader picture here, which is um, we're in an environment where um, what it, if we thought there were rules, there are no rules anymore because we had a thing about, okay, we go to war and everything, but we try to leave the kids alone, right? We, we right. And we blew past that and they're using the same neurolinguistic, I hate that term, but um, the same brainwashing techniques as all these other subjects and it's it's all part of a larger um cultural war i guess and you either you either stand up and get counted in it or um get subsumed by it um in in this instance again i we should have we should stop but Stay away from the Zog Wars, people. That's what I would say. Stay away from them, and you will. Um, you, you might get a lineage um, out of this. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Man, good to see you again. Yeah, and you did. <laughs> it's right. Always a pleasure, man. You too, buddy. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right, take it easy, bro. Boom. There we go. Wow. What a uh, picture. What a what a uh, what a Chad. What can I say? Um, I have to say very uh always enjoy those streams let me do a quick uh look through the chat and um do this do this um cost me 45 dollars for a keg of lamb last christmas i mean i think you mean leg and we are a major exporter Ah. any vaped can be a lot smoother Yes. Uh, let's see. Best site for vaping nerdism. Fuckcombustion.com. Okay. Uh, Chili Davro says, more wars! Yeah, that's what we need right now. Um, you have to make social media like telephones under common carrier regs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Go start your own uh, social media company. <laughs> Lick spill. <laughs> Let's see. Um, no, I haven't coomed on my keyboard. <laughs> Let's see. I've got a wife. God damn it. Um, I'm still trying for a fourth. Uh, let's see. Try the keyboard on another computer first. Of course I've done that. It just so happens it's the WASD keys, which are the really sticky ones. <laughs> Not that I'm looking at my kids at all. <laughs> uh, Sheep Go Baba says, do I want to say that? Let's just see if there's any donos before I uh, unleash the... Uh, <laughs> the Kuma. <laughs> what do I... I can't think. I've done too much streaming over this weekend. I'm, uh, I'm broken. Let's see. Uh, 
Oh, there's uh, two there. Uh, thank you very much uh, to Jeff and uh, more damn beans. Nice. Um, yes, he can control. And uh, just because we've got some donos, we can have. Uh... Oh, should I should I play the full one? <laughs> the full one is just. <laughs> I guarantee you, if I play the full one, oh, someone complains. Yeah, it's Sunday. I'm, uh, I'm diving onto me, uh, me porn throne, and uh, <laughs> let's see if I can find it though. Why did I? Why couldn't I find it last time? What was the issue? <laughs> just, just for people um, supporting stream this week, we can have, we can go <laughs> the the full coma. Give me a chance to read the comments. The birds are singing. The flowers are blooming. My dick is throbbing. I broke a what VCR. A beautiful day for cooming. Good morning, Alex Lynx. I've been awake for 20 whole seconds and I haven't coomed yet. It's time to hop onto my porn throne and machine gun jackhammer my death grip bloodshot semi-chub with my roided doom fist once again! That's a mechanical keyboard. Is, is that a, a female girl? I, I must sniff. First wouldn't hurt. Just a little. 
<laughs> I see there's not anything else in the chat. Uh, some wisdom from Kev. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> it always ends in decadence, moral and cultural decline. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, does it have to, though? I don't know. I mean, I'm... I am part of the classes that engage in, uh, <laughs> can afford to engage in uh, moral decline, I'm afraid. Um, let's see. I saw a comedy show about a few people invited to the pitchfork party in Minecraft. Um, I'm, I'm all down for pitchfork parties, man. They're, they're great. I loved the pitchfork party when I was young. We live in a world where millions voted for a black uh, the Jew. Uh, with a man for a wife. <laughs> it's, it's, the fact that people still don't know that um, always makes me laugh. Um, okay. Uh, thanks for streaming. Back to work. Yes. All right. That's uh, me. Thank you for watching, everyone. And uh, we'll be back. What um, What's on the doc's desk for next week that we have to look at? Um, I think I might still... I'm inclined to take this article. I just want to follow some of the references um, for herbs and... Or do I focus a little bit on prions and herves? I don't know. I think maybe we should get familiar with that literature. Um, maybe. I'll, I'll have a think about it. I might have a day off. Um, just, uh, just rest. So, yes, next week I think more herves and prions and whatever other... <laughs> insanity fresh hell fresh hell that the reality engine throws up uh all over us all right folks have a pleasant rest of the weekend and uh take care god bless oh yes i will be um so i'm streaming with uh wait on tuesday let me let me just get the times for this let me do that do i do that twitter um, I've got a few streams um, that I'm going to be doing and one is, I want to say Tuesday my time uh, morning and that would be, let's see uh, The Missing Link um, 25th EST 8pm 9am for me Tuesday and um, on I'm going to be speaking with Adam Green on the 27th for him so 28th for me and um, I guess we'll delve into the K26R um, data um, alright I'm out of here take care God bless oh, what's wrong with my stream Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers!
I will fucking kill each fucking kappa. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing. Fuck these kappas. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever throws you my fucking blood blood. Never. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking... Please and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! All that five? This guy. Send 10 45,000 to turn this. Let up! 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 Let